There's trouble brewing out in front of the saloon. Hey, they're gonna fight me, Jill. Look at them. They're about to go. I fired point blank. Watch this. Welcome to Crappy Anime Showdown. I am your host and referee, as always, Mike. Today, I am joined by the man responsible for ridding the entire world of opium, JWJ. Just, God, I was hoping just... you were going to say smiles. <laughs> I was thinking about it. <laughs> but what is opium I if taken not the a L bunch on of this smiles? That's <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, uh, it was it was hard fought. It was hard won. I, I, I want to pose in front of it like all the cops do. <laughs> Where like you just have all the opium stacked up behind me. Yeah, you're like look at this like, huge bus with my arms mm. crossed. I, yeah, <laughs> thank God this stuff's off the street. And then yeah. there'll be a bicycle in front of it. Just <laughs> just so you know that I got it all. Uh, and uh, also joined by a man who's writing a fiction book about a war between the Tigarians and the Skarks, which uh, just sounds a little familiar. Uh, Ethan, Ethan, uh, it's kind of close, uh, isn't it? I just a joke about derivative artwork. I don't even know where you're going. Well, with that. because I, okay, so yeah, it is about derivative artwork because anime is derivative. But also, they're literally called Targaryens in uh, Ninjin Fushin. So oh, I just thought right. it's close oh, enough yeah. to Targaryens. So I made up point. Skarks, which would be the skunk people. So I thought that'd be funny enough, but it's okay uh, over your no, head. No worries, it's okay. Yeah, it went sorry, over. no, it's, it's fine. Right. It was just not it good. It went yeah. past me. I try. It's all right. Sometimes I, a little I laughed eyebrow. a couple times at Ningen Fushin, but the rest of the time, mm, I was looking at my phone. <laughs> uh, in case you're new, this podcast is dedicated to pitting garbage anime against each other to see which is the most deplorable while still being entertaining enough to watch. Today, Ethan has to defend Ningen Fushin, and Jay Yay. has to defend Revenger. As always, I hope you brought your A game. Check us out on Twitter at CrappyAnimeSD uh, for all that fun stuff. And, uh, well, how'd you guys enjoy your week? It was good. It was a, yeah, it was a weird week, though. This is a weird finals. Ningen didn't exactly have all winners, but it had a couple of really good winners yeah. in there. Some good episodes. And Revenger was just a really, really good story, <laughs> and it's too good for the podcast. Yeah. But whatever. I, but sometimes sometimes you got to keep that on instead of Tale of Outcasts, which I'm yeah, sure yeah. would not have entertained well, us in the Well, uh, in the description for the episode that I finally put up... Um, I did mention that uh, we are on this show. We are consistent about one thing, and it's about being inconsistent. Hell yeah. <laughs> Whether it be uploading yeah. or recording or de- deciding what animes make it and for what reasons. So you know, we'll see. Maybe this will be a first. Maybe it won't. We'll have to see if uh, Ethan can defend Ninja Fushin well enough, or if Jay uh, makes a good enough case for why it shouldn't be the finalist. So this will be fun. Uh, do either of you want to start? Um, Doesn't matter to me. It's kind of weird because I guess whoever goes last, it sort of achieves what we want, right? Like, Revenger is actually just, like, fun to talk about, whereas putting Ninja Fushin actually is the intent of the show. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I mean. Uh, do you I vote Revenger coin? last. It's more fun okay. to talk about. That's okay. fine. I was going to flip a coin. I'm going to flip a coin anyway. Uh, heads oh, or okay. tails, Jay? Uh, heads. Idiot. Okay, it's Idiot. You go last. Mor- Look at that. Yeah, wow. that's exactly what I wanted. It's <laughs> incredible. All right, cool. Uh, this- well, Ethan, um, take us on this magical Ninja Fushin ride, please, because uh, we'll yeah, join no you. Problem. It's a roller coaster of emotions. 
Do you guys know how we wanted more backstory on the kitty cats from episodes five, four, five, yeah, the six? Yeah, the Tigarians. That's what I, I the, did yeah, this the, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. The it's exactly yeah. what I was thinking the entire time. I was thinking, <laughs> damn, I sure do love math boxing. And I oh, well, math boxing about... was great. I do. Like, if I could just have an anime of the origin story of math boxing. Like, Dude, the, not the e- con- don't even show it to me. <laughs> <laughs> The convoluted way in which everybody connects in these last six episodes is astounding to me. Like, just the way they're like, no, this all intertwines. It's like, you just made this stuff up and then drew lines. This isn't a connect the dot at all. This doesn't make a picture. I think it's funny how the, the author of this very clearly tries to drive at, like, a couple of plot threads. And they're trying to get them to link together. But the only thing they can come up with is... Well, I guess one of the other characters I had before could know something about this, so we're going to go talk to them for a second. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's it. They're done. Bye-bye. Never yeah. coming back. It is kind of weird how often um, they will bring in it. Like, they, they brought in these, uh, I guess, slumlords, or not slumlords, I guess people living in the slums. And uh, these people are just apparently resources on everything happening in the slums i mean this feels like a really bad video game where oh, what like was, what was that place called like the bedroom or the bathroom or the bean no it was or... like the it was something in a home it was like the closet it was so or something stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah it was the dumbest thing i heard in my life i think I, just... th- I think they saw the name hell's kitchen once and thought <laughs> that they could be just as cool I'm gonna, I'm gonna I don't go remember what it was called it was a i remember it was name. something really dumb no, i'm gonna yeah. find out just keep talking about it sure well we're not even there yet so you don't have to worry about it um Episode seven, uh, we are in a casino while also having the Tigarians explain to us that, <laughs> I don't know if you got this line, but one of the Tigarians is like, well, my leader of the tigers was smart. Well, for a cat. And he's like, <laughs> he is also a cat. Like He racially profiles he's... himself right off the bat. Yeah. He goes like... straight up there with the negative racism. No, it... What, and the other thing to point out is that this is once again a modern casino. Yeah, the, it is. The setting just flat out can't decide what it wants to be. The setting of this anime is genuinely half the fun because you can be in the middle of just like ancient, wor- ancient, I mean, whatever, generic fantasy RPG kind of settings. And then they'll just bounce to fuck you, there's idols. And you're like, oh, uh, okay, well, are the idols, idols just and like. Not, and not just idols. Like, let's, I wanna be very clear about this. Like, <clears throat> yep. they could have done like a medieval fantasy version of an idol. They like, could've. maybe somebody with a loot or something. And like, no. I believe they're Everyone called bards. has to wear the same bathrobes and have the same two glow sticks just so everybody knows, look, it's an idol concert. Like, you didn't I even mean, try. I genuinely wanna know. If that if people actually do that at idol concerts, I also, I also I because think, it looks know, like it uh, looks like on. a cheap way of drawing an idol concert, like have everybody dressed the same. I always thought that was a fucking anime shortcut, where they're like, "Oh, we're gonna have the idol concert scene," but guys don't really want to draw like two hundred individual otaku shitheads. So we're going to have them all wear the same pink bathrobe and hold up the same two glow sticks so that they can all do their thing at once and I can just oh. kind of alternate the timing and like we can get this scene out of the fucking way because that's how much we care about it. So the glow stick thing I'm pretty convinced is actually real. Well, I'm um, sure. Like, like Plenty of concerts will give you stuff as you walk in so that sure. you will throw up a bunch of bullshit and there are plenty of people who go to concerts the, who take a bunch of bullshit 
for the purposes of like sometimes even handing it out. Like, but having that level of uniformity is, it just always felt like anime production shortcut to me. Sorry, uh, the slums are called Garbage Collection, and then I'm, I'm finishing <laughs> watching up the really scene incredible. that says he's in the, uh, I have to, so they have to beat up the guy, right? He's in the yeah. bedrooms, that's it, bedrooms. Yeah. The, bedrooms. the bedrooms of, yeah. so, of garbage so, collection. That was on the my postage place. stamp, on my return address, <laughs> I'm putting bedrooms, comma, garbage collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Look, it's zip you know, code 102FU. Whatever spells out poop, poopy. <laughs> B O eight zero zero eight five. If you hold boobs. it upside down, it's boobs. Boobs the, uh, on a bedroom trash collection. The characters they meet there too are just so obnoxious. There's only like basically three. There's like a a priest that is now just a doctor, and he's like you know horrible and stuff. And then there's just a dude that sort of looks like a lizard thing. And then there's his, yeah. like, chum that sits in the background who just is like, hmm. Then there's that's the punk rock group that gets dispatched in three seconds. Oh, I forgot about the punk rock group, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how could I ever forget someone so critical as that? Yeah, that's here's how the you thing, know though. they're from the slums. We're still not even at the slums. We still haven't even made it there. Because right now, all we have to really care about is a floating sword that the Tigarians use to escape prison, and then it busts okay, the not ever-living shit out of him. He's just one Tigarian named He's Leon, because you Look, have I'm to trying. be Lion the Tigarian. That's his we name. call him a, a Tigarian, the Tigarian, if it makes you feel better. All right, LT, LTT Thor is uh, sponsoring this show and also in the anime. And uh, apparently then uh, we go and do gambling girl bosses after this. Um, we have the oh, wizard, sort of. the witch thing, uh, and she's the trying to the do bets. The wardrobe? It's getting close. It is getting real fucking close. <laughs> do we have a wardrobe? It's called, I feel like it's we called we the Leon, do. the witch, and the casino. That's what I would have named this episode, and it would have been wow. semi-funny. More nope, you would have gotten sued. But. <laughs> I really thought we were going to get another mathematics bare knuckle here because we were in a casino, and it looked like a fight was about to break out, and there I was a thought- fight. I thought there was going to be a very long explanation on how gambling works. I could feel it coming the entire time. Honestly, I was more ready for that than what we got. (laughs) Yeah, well, because the the, the first thing that happens is, what what, what is the whole thing? Like, rule number one of their little group is that you don't fuck with each other's hobbies. Yeah. But the goddamn witch girl decided that she was going to take everyone to the casino. Yeah, because... like, the condition that they not play the same game or some shit. Yeah, because there was, like, a special flavor of something that the sword wanted... The sword well, no, everyone had a reason to well, be yeah, there, but, but like, it felt yeah. like yeah, they, she, like, she <laughs> said that you were all going to come, and then they came yeah. up with a reason to be there. Yeah, I, all right. Because the kid wanted a special like ice cream flavor, and uh, the, the Nick just wanted to drink at the bar. And uh, to be honest, Dragon Lady didn't even say anything. I think she just said there'd be good food. Yeah, probably. But it yeah, doesn't... yeah. I, well, she heard that. Oh no, that was a different part. Yeah, the dragon. The sword guy wanted a special food. flavor of something that he couldn't get in line for. Well, well yeah, they didn't yeah, even like have it when he got there. I think it was boba. I think it was bubble tea. Legitimately, I think it was bubble tea. All right, I have anyway, no idea. I have no idea if it was. I just it doesn't know matter. that there was a flavor, and I didn't see what it was for. So. The Tigarian shows up to beat the snot out of uh, main character. Except for main character isn't in screen, so we have to have a moment where the witch is like, I won't tell you because we're not friends. And he goes, I can actually smell lies. 
and you're like, wow. well, that's weird. Why can you smell a lie? It's very strange. You know what's really stupid is that this isn't even the first time I've seen an anime pull this shit where they're like, man, my character can tell if you're lying. Really? How? Well, you see, they have a heightened sense that's way stronger than most people's. Okay. okay. Is it hearing? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> now it's it was, um. I guess you can't hear it. I guess you can't see it. Smell. Yep. They can smell, smell your you. lies. Really? What are they smelling? The smell of oh. the smelly um, smell. The smelly smell. Wet smelled. I guess anchovies. No, I'm pretty sure <laughs> fucking gone from Hunter X Hunter pulled this shit. Also, it was ice cream, not boba tea. Also, also, fucking, um, uh, not Monster Hunter. What fucking got a Demon Slayer pulls this shit, where like supposedly I mean, the oh, ability yeah. for the main yeah. character to kill people is because he can smell their killing intent yeah, their killing. As, a, as a strand <laughs> of wire coming from their sword. What the fuck are you talking about? Linked to, link to his nose. He's sniffing all your swords. Uh, it's stop not even linked to his nose. It's just yeah. so, oh my god! It's so I was hanging out with someone recently, and they were like trying to be like uh, aggressive about Demon Souls, no, or not Demon Down, not Demon, Demon Souls, Demon, Demon Slayer, Demon, <laughs> Demon Slayer. And I was like, dude, everything you need to say about it is just the fact that they gag the little sister character so you can jerk off to her. They yeah. gag like, the little sister character and put her in a in a tiny little backpack. Box. Yep. Yeah. And then have to hand wave the fact that she can change size, despite the fact that no other demon can do anything even wait, wait, remotely wait, wait, like wait, that. Wait, what? Hold on. Yeah, they like literally yeah. say that. Literally. How small you know, the does reason- she get? The size of a backpack, half the size of a human torso. I thought you just meant like she had, like whoever was carrying her had like a no. literal like box no. on her back. You know, like well, yeah, yeah. The there is a bo- the, no, the main character a has box. a box on his back that the that the little girl fits in, but the box is the size of a backpack. You can't fit most humans in a fucking why, backpack. Why even do this? Just... Normally, she is actually like taller or at least as tall as he is. What is wrong with the anime community? Hold on, They're I look dumb. this up. I know this, but also so back to so Demon while you're Slayer up, backpack. I just want to say that my favorite scene because it was so bad of this was when he goes, "I can smell when you're lying," and he's just constantly holding the fist over the girl, and he's like, yeah. "I'll smush you to bits," and she's like, "Well, if I lie, he'll smush me to bits. That's for sure." In her inner, he's monologue. going for like the fucking Tom and Jerry bonk when he just like <laughs> he just really, bonk him on the like, fucking he, head. It wasn't even raised over his head; it was just slightly over her. <laughs> and he's like, eh, eh, I'll bonk you. And uh, like, this cat <laughs> basically only exists to give us two different pieces of exposition. The first is that um, the there exist more swords, like the the Union Sword that they met that turns into a little boy girl. And oh, but this one doesn't turn into a little boy girl. This one just makes you mad, I guess, and also feeds off your anger. But it makes you mad, right? So it's kind of like Spider-Man Three a little bit because the person yeah. the symbiote infects is both cringe and made more cringe. Wait, was if, was if Venom in Spider-Man Three? I remember Sandman, and I remember no Venom Seventeen. Man. I was no a joke. the symbiote there's, is in Spider-Man there's, Three. There's, there's what? Well, no, Venom's in it because it takes over Brock. 
Eddie Brock. Oh, and then uh, the, I instead never of, watched that movie. Oh, okay. Well, and so the only reason I know that is because instead of showing instead of showing Venom's super scary face in in Spider Man Three, it always just pops off and it's just Topher Grace, the guy from that '70s show. And it's just <laughs> his face. They're like, "Look at me!" And it's the like, least intimidating <laughs> thing possible. <laughs> That's what I mean. He also played Eddie Brock, the jock. Eric Foreman was Eddie Brock the jock. Oh, that's right. I, what do you I, want me I to do? I just remember that one scene where it's fucking uh, it, it, whoever played Peter Parker. I forget his name, but he's just uh, Brock's oh, like, uh, don't worry, Maguire. Peter. Yeah. If you're scared, don't worry. I wouldn't want to fight me either. <laughs> he just loses instantly. Like, Topher Grace, you're the least intimidating thing possible. Nobody wants to fight you for reasons that you don't understand. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just so- amazing. So terrible. Well, God, the man. swords fight though. That that's exciting. <laughs> that's, you know, there's the swords. There's the, sword well, the swords that, don't really fight because what you have they, to remember. They just talk to each other. <laughs> so so first off, the big kitty who has turned into the juicy kitty Hulk uh, walks up to uh, Mage Lady and says, "Give up your pals because I am incapable of rotating my head ninety degrees. My traps are too huge." Nick is literally in the next room over, and my sense of smell is so amazing that it can detect your lies, but it can't detect Not the him. man thirty feet from you. Well, so it can't he detect any tracked. He tracked her down no, based no, on the scent no, of no, 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 no. Well, yeah, he, he tracked found Nick, her, but, but I know what he was I, after Nick's I mean. smell, but he yeah. found Nick's smell on her, and he was like, "Well, this smells faintly like Nick. I know there's a stronger scent two degrees exactly. to my right, but I, I, this is it right here." Yeah, I'm gonna and start here. Look, it's important if you are a cop, you gotta start with a small detail and work your way up. <laughs> he smelled oh, officer. I literally the killed general this guy. Vicinity. I gotta go through all the suspects I, first. I, I, I just I, gotta know, know for gotta, sure. I got to clear them of any blame. Look, we're going to get a lineup, and, you know, I need to plan some evidence. I mean, you also, need he to says, pick a lineup. Yeah, later on, he says that he was only there to rough Nick up a little bit. Yeah. That's which, why he had to turn into a guy yeah. ten times his size and bust through the door like the fucking Kool-Aid man. Because to rough him up a little bit. He couldn't just, I don't know, show up to the casino as a normal person and, like, pee in his drink like a normal cat would do. And then Nick's going to drink cat pee. What like, does Jaxie do to you? Uh, he pees on stuff. He's a cat. I don't understand. I, you know, does he cat? pee in your drink? No, but, you know, like, if I was a cat, that's what yeah. I'd do. I'd oh, pee okay, in people's drinks. It. You know, uh, that's I fitting. Cats cat. are little I wouldn't want to kill them. If I shit in their drink, they'll probably die. And they'll probably <laughs> lose. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more evident. Um, there's, like, stupid fighting. Um... The uh, fun little thing is that our new sword that makes people angry is a, a cool ecofash type person where he's he's not even ecofash he's something even cooler where he's he just like, wants everyone to die. No 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 he has this line where he's like it's not that they've or oh shit he has a line about like the people have regressed evolutionarily like they are not the same. Oh. It's a uh, yeah, no power but he's, can destroy a place. What he's specifically saying with a single strike. Is I that what you that mean? Shit. Is that the line? No, that, that line, line, we haven't even gotten there yet, but yeah. I can't but believe this... you destroyed this place of smiles, this casino, mostly known as a place of smiles, if I am correct. Yeah, no, not but, known um, as where old people go to spend their fucking pension. And play slots in my medieval fantasy world. <laughs> also, yes. Fucking Queen of the Niles ripping me like fat quarters today. <laughs> but uh, it, it was so bizarre because the... The sword that the main characters have, ha, like, has a sex power, 
Where if you and another person who you're totally not in love with in your almost all-female harem say union at the same time, you fusion ha, and then you talk at the same time and annoy everyone with your voice acting. Oh, it's so annoying. And then no one can understand you, and you get into a big fight where you both get, like, increased power from both of you. But the goddamn evil sword just makes you into the juicy Hulk version of yourself, and you suck. You can't do anything. The goddamn sword sucks ass. Yep. I mean, pretty much all of them do. I mean, the powers in this show also just suck ass. So, like, not really that surprising. Um, But, yeah, they, they, you know, they suit up. They be Oh, wait, but the way they beat... Do you guys remember how he beats the sword? There's a a not-so-subtle hint where they're like... Wow, these cards are anti magic. Oh yeah, it was because... at the beginning. It was the, the 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 magic sword said, Oh, anti magic cards. Those are cool, so no one can cheat. That's you know, right, you young laugh. man. I'm a table dealer and that's you know, what but we you use. Laugh, but this is based on a real thing. You know, there was a guy in prison who collected enough red uh, playing cards that the natural phosphorus in the red paint he, he made like a single shot gun out of a tube from his fucking bed. And he shot a guard with a bunch of Card paint. So you laugh, but just, card paint is serious okay. business. Imagine, like, I don't wow, know what I'm going to do God. today. What are you doing, Jimmy? I'm just going to keep scraping red paint off my red playing cards. More Why? like, I'm going to so shoot, shoot John, Jerry. that fucker. So shoot Jerry. Why are you okay, Jerry's going to fucking eat shit tomorrow. <laughs> and I don't I even was... care if I escape. He's going to take yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't care if I get more years for this. I think this will be hilarious. It's not a that'll, bullet. It's a fucking pebble. <laughs> He's the, he's the guy that ruined it for everyone in jail. Now they can't have playing cards. Now they God can't have playing it, cards. Tom, they can't have beds either. Son of either. a gun? Uh, no playing cards, no beds, it, no but... Jerry. They fired Jerry. <laughs> I was very ready to make fun of that, but uh, that turned quite literally lethal much faster than I thought it would. I just yeah. assumed it was like, oh, yeah, he gathered enough cards to be able to trade them in for, you know, cigarettes. Nope. Nope. Long nope. time ago, there was a little bit of phosphorus in red dye. And so, then he, he basically went and Shinzo and that, Abe to guard. <laughs> That's and right. that made that guard die. Hey. Hey. Uh, you guys couldn't hear that. I played the, it because of, of, of the die in the cards. I get it. Not nice. Uh, got him. Anyway, it's very good. This is the only entertaining episode Ninkin Fushin has, so... Mm. Yeah, That's... it goes down from here. Like, you know what? We could just... Oh, wait, wait. We we didn't actually guys, say what they used the anti-magic like cards stepping for. Man. <laughs> they... Stepping man. Stepping man. No, I don't. Um, no, I heard this internet rumor whoa. that uh, <laughs> that there's a guy kidnapping children. Say? All right. Brad, that's not an internet rumor. That's an Amber Alert. You've been getting them on your phone every day because someone's kidnapping children. That's not cool. Yeah, some boomer to, walks up and is like, is this a meme being forwarded to my phone? No, is this, yeah, that's, is this a, that's an Amber man? Alert. <laughs> is this Stepping Man? No, it's a Ford Focus tan. That You're supposed to look out for that. That's, what's, that's what they're in. Yeah, this You don't need is to give it a quirky name. Another thing that I'm convinced that no one in Japan actually does. What? Like the, this names? stupid fucking... No, this stupid fucking like, local rumor thing. It's so embarrassing. It's oh, so know, embarrassing. It seems deep-seated in like every anime we watch. I don't understand. It's never cool. It's never interesting. You never do anything good with it. You're just like, oh, there's an internet rumor. 
That's true. Don't you dare make fun of <laughs> Steel Lady Nonsense. true, Nana aren't okay. they? That's crazy. And they have a dumb fucking names that are in English for no reason. You don't have to make them in English. And don't you fucking tell me it's a translation issue. I know they're in fucking English because when they write them out on their stupid chat forums from 1999, they write them in English. Yeah. Why? Why? I went to fucking Germany once, and in the middle of like a museum to the goddamn Berlin Wall, there was a part on it that just said fuck. It said fuck on it. Because, and then we like pointed out to the tour guide, and she's like, oh yeah, one thing that like dumb kids love to do is practice their English on spray paint. And I'm like, that is like literally the equivalent of what I'm fucking dealing with here. Yeah. Dumbass kids sure. coming up with quote unquote cool names for things, but actually they're just practicing English they barely speak. I mean, that could be it. Maybe it's an elaborate ruse. That's really what the anime uh, industry is about, is just getting Japanese people to have an expo or a, well, a place to practice Well, it's my conspiracy English. theory. They're actually teaching them to learn bad English on purpose. Yes, that is your conspiracy True. theory. You, yes. you have said that uh, Along with occasions. many other theories I have that I will never go and confirm. <laughs> so, episode eight. Uh, this one's probably the worst, I think, of the whole bunch. Um and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. This is explaining how his idol becomes an idol oh, originally. So stupid. Um, the I the only it. cool parts about this is the very beginning and the very end. The very beginning is she's just like a singer at a bar, which like that well, is something that could happen in a fantasy world. Fine. So no, because specifically she's a modern singer wearing like. A sparkly yeah, red I dress know, from I 1956. But that's not the problem by comparison to electric speakers on stage, now is it? Which are also in this episode. I know, that's the problem. I'm but saying like, like a, a singer in a bar, whatever, take liberties if you want, but that's like a normal thing. I, I also love the implication that like, so if anyone doesn't know, idols in Japan are like, it's more like, you know when you go to the mall sometimes and you see like this creepy guy talking to every like, 12 to 14 year old girl telling them that if they call this card, they can get recruited by a talent agency and be an actress. Yeah. Uh, that's idols in Japan. Yeah, it is. I mean, every girl are... from age 12 to 14, probably at some point is approached in a mall and attemptedly convinced to sing professionally for like these people. They get singing lessons and dancing lessons and they're basically worked to the fucking bone to make I, I can't Not stress this enough garbage music that someone else probably writes. I hope. Almost assuredly, yeah. I, mean, I fucking hope someone yeah, else yeah, yeah. writes it. Maybe that's why it's so bad is because no one else is writing it. I don't even know. But And then, like, they have a retirement date that is basically their graduation from middle school. <laughs> the yeah. second they turn, like, 22, they're fucking kicked out on their ass with nothing. So well, not if you're baby metal... Actually, I don't know if there's a high. To be honest, I don't think baby metal were fucking idols first. I really don't. I think they're actually just talented musicians who have like made a music thing. Because like I can't think of a single idol. Uh, Also, by the way, um, uh, what do they fucking call them? The 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 virtual girls that they stream. No, 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 no. The uh, VTubers. Oh VTubers. shit! Yeah, yeah. VTubers are specifically also usually controlled by um, idol groups in the, the exact winner. same kind of fashion. But the basic idea is that like it's this weird combination of like jobs specifically for kids and professional music, and the idea that there was a girl 
who had a professional music career already. She was singing at a bar that her boyfriend owned. So right off the bat, she's old enough to drink. She's old enough to be paid and have have a job. And she's doing it for her own professional music career, not because some sleazeball gave her a fucking business card outside of Cinnabon. And then they're like, you know, the, now the sleazy producer comes in and does what actual people sometimes have happen to them when they like play local bands. So like if you're a local band, you play at the local bar all the time and hope that some producer finds you and actually does give you a card and a contract. And this guy's like, yeah, I'll give you a contract. But to be an idol, yep. which is, again, something for children. You don't give an idol contract to a 30-year-old woman who's been singing at a bar for years. You give it to a 14-year-old child who probably has never sung before, ever. And you just, like, try to teach them how. And if they happen to be good at it, you make them compete tooth and nail with other little girls so that the only ones that are good enough to sing and dance actually you don't get to do anything. So, like, that, this whole fucking sequence about how she becomes an idol not only doesn't follow how idols actually work, but doesn't even make sense in its own context. I think the reason why this doesn't check out for you is because you are saying that she has to be so old in order to be doing these things because she has been working in a bar with her boyfriend and able to drink. That's what I I said, yes. Yes, I think you are ascribing far too much faith in the original creators of this. They want all of the things that they want, and they want the whole fucking cake. Because they want her to be underage because it has to relate to their audience and probably also their, you know, let's be honest, pedophilic nature of whoever's creating this. Um, As well as wanting her to be able to drink because it is a fantasy setting and everyone drinks mead or beer. They also want her to be in a bar. they never order or drink. Exactly. But then they also want her to be able to be in a bar. She has to have an abusive boyfriend. So eventually her owner can step in and get angry at. They need all these things to work at the same time, and they do not have to square the differences on those things. God, the fucking will they, won't they on this woman's, like, torn brain. Like, that's the fun part of episode eight. Was done so dirty by the writer because she's getting exploited by her boyfriend. Except that as you're being told that he's an exploitative asshole, he never does anything wrong. He's running a bar that just doesn't get a lot of business. That's not exploitative. I mean, that's not the problem originally. No, no, right, 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 right. But like in the beginning, in the beginning, when we first meet this situation, she's up there on the stage and she's giving her own narration and she's like, this is the shithole I came from. And it's like a nice looking bar that just maybe doesn't have a lot of people in it. A I lot. mean, the, the whole thing is fucked, but, like, I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is that no, like, she has absolutely no is. agency between her or her right. new owner. I understand. So, But that's what I'm saying is that, like, it's all – it's a shitty bar because it's the boyfriend's fault, right? Because he owns the place and somehow, like, it doesn't have enough clientele and it's shitty. A guy comes in and offers her – a deal and she's like oh wow that sounds really cool and he walks up and goes like fuck off dude this is my girlfriend not some fucking nine-year-old trying to buy fucking like pink shoes at the gap you can fuck right off and then she goes yeah but i don't know honey maybe i should consider this and he's like and he just disappears so then she takes the thing so right off the bat 
You're again. No. I think you're giving her far too much agency. Wait a second. Her well, boyfriend basically all, sells her into slavery. She expressly said, "No, no, no." He expressly says, "Fuck off, music producer. She shouldn't do it." And she does have her only piece of agency wait, when wait, she wait, says, wait, 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 wait. "Actually, I'm going to do it anyway." Wait a minute. No, the, are we no, watching the same episode? Yes, that's not at all what, what happens. No, to he tells him to go fuck himself. No, no, no not he at all. You're thinking of way she later goes, in the episode. Yeah, she goes, "I don't know about this," and he goes, "Yeah, absolutely. Sounds great." Where does she? He literally says, "I." I'm basically her manager, so yeah, yeah, go ahead, let's do this. Like I she do has him no, saying that. like no agency in this situation. All right, well, like she's basically way, sold into slavery to this like bald-headed dude that looks like he's from the 1920s or 1890s. I don't know which. And then eventually, well, later on, after he needs like after her boyfriend needs like a lot of money to keep the bar afloat, and then gambles all of it away. F- yeah, gambles it all away, and then it's like I don't. He gambles it on the way. In the previous episode, we see them both together. She's right. going to bat for the gambling idiot left and right, right for no perceivable reason, despite the fact that it's her money he's literally blowing. Yeah. I and mean, there's she no, starts neither worshiping, of them are good. Right, but then she starts worshiping the girl who fleeces her boyfriend for all of her money at the poker table. Correct. She I mean, has agency. Thing, she has schizophrenia. I don't. Nothing she fucking says is consistent from one sentence yeah, to the right, next. Because she's not a real character. No, like, she's written again, by she, a person who is currently getting so high off of his own dirty like shit bucket that he thinks that the ants that are crawling up into his asshole are friends. He's going yeah. to die, and he died while writing this. Well, I doubt that. That's a fact. Dude, Henry Kissinger's still I can alive. I don't believe this. that. I hope that's that... true. Okay. Oh wait, really? Actually, that, that, that's a joking reference to the fact that the guy who wrote, wrote Hunter x Hunter allegedly wrote the Chimera Ant arc because uh, he lived in such utter filth that ants were crawling on him while he slept because he wouldn't throw out any of his trash. So his fault. <laughs> okay. I was I'm, like, all oh, I'm maybe he's really poor. Like, all I I'm know. saying is, is that this wouldn't be the second otaku anime slash manga writer whose horrible experience with insects caused him to write something oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'm fine with that the the only thing i was really trying to push in this particular for... case he just wrote himself into there as a, a guy who had a girlfriend and even then he couldn't be happy the i think the only thing i'm really trying to drive out on episode eight here is just that her boyfriend basically sells her into slavery. She doesn't want to do it. She eventually learns to like her captors enough that when her boyfriend needs her help, which she shouldn't have to give, she eventually sicks her slavers on her boyfriend and says, if you even look at me again, we will take you to the fucking cleaners. And, and then somehow suddenly that's starts a crying. story. Yes. Well, she so start, Apparently that's second, all good. The second she takes the bat to his knees and he starts leaving, he gives what I can't, I can't, like stress enough makes zero sense. Oh no, his he his turns, parting speech is insane. His his parting speech is is like an actual fever dream. He turns around and he says, "I guess all along we were never meant to be together, huh, girl? Here's looking at you, kid. I'm walking on out of this one, and next time I see you, you'll regret it because the grass is always greener." Uh, uh, Sometimes sayonara. you gotta see the river well, before you know if you. And then he trips down won. the stairs and breaks his fucking neck. I, it would. I don't Dude, understand. Like, the slave driver literally says, "You will never look at your girlfriend again, but we will pay for your bar forever." 
So, like, get the fuck out of here. You can go cook as much as you want, but never touch her again. Yeah, and, and then he's, he's like, like, I'm a gambling you... man. I always gamble for yeah, the, like, for the heavy stuff. You gotta like, see the river before you know if you truly won. You betrayed me, bitch. Insane. You were the last card of the river, and the river came up three aces, not, one king, they, and two not, sixes. Do they know that gamblers don't talk and gamble speak all the time? Do they, yeah, do it's do they know like how to play poker? It's funny, because if gamblers talked and gamble speak, they would probably go, oh, fuck, I might be in trouble and actually have an addiction. Yeah, don't I talk guess I'll like have to this. fold like, this hand. Well, well, also, like, he talks like a gambler, but he's bad at it. Looks and more like importantly, the pot. his speech wasn't about how he was a gambler and he was secretly only pretending to like her so she would sing at his bar. None of it makes sense. Not, but then he, and then he goes on to say, like, maybe I actually loved you and that was the gamble. What? It is insane. And then he goes, maybe I'll never see you again. And, and, and then that was the gamble. Huh? And then later on, we see him sweeping the streets I, in the I, middle I, of nowhere. He, no, he is what like happened to your sweeping bar? Sweeping a 10 by 10 section of sidewalk or mopping it. And yeah. just what's, like just back and what's forth. What's weird too is, what, do you what is that supposed to tell me? He <laughs> was given the money for the bar still. He didn't actually yeah. say, no, I don't want it. Did he so, gamble it away? Right, is that like, possible? It's paid forever. Like, this is, guy has slavery money. He's got Japanese idol slavery money. Like, I'm sure he can just pay for why, a bar every Why was month. he paid a dollar? I don't I understand. Don't is that the gamble? Is that the gamble paying off? Is he still gambling? Is he still holding out? Did he double down? Did he fold? I legitimately don't know. Well, some say Did he he's win? Still Did he lose? Did he get what he wanted? I don't know what he wanted. It's, well, it's insane. That's episode. And eight. now you have nothing left to talk about. I'm sorry, because everything that has to do with Stepping Man is terrible oh, I, and embarrassing is, and silly. Oh yeah, but there's definitely things I want to like. We can breeze through this, but there are very funny moments occasionally. I like I barely watched. Okay, well that's why you don't know. I'm sorry. Clearly. There was one really funny thing with the little girl who uh, yeah talked to the rapist guy. Yeah, that one was pretty weird, that wasn't was pretty it? Good. So was we open funny. up episode nine where. You are introduced, like, okay, just, we're going to, like, hit big plot points real quick so I can just explain what I want to explain. Episode 9, and pretty much all of them from here on out, are about them pursuing someone that they call the Stepping Man. And this person has the ability to become light and heavy at, like, command. It's really dumb. And they kidnap children. And that's all we really know. They can become basically invisible. And that's really all that we care about for that point. Eventually, they catch him, and it turns out it's this, like, priest that isn't a priest anymore and he's trying to cure a disease called yellow demon fever and yellow demon fever took his kid and he it was the priest from the bedrooms right correct um and okay that's enough for us to get going on how this show manages to include two pedophilic catholic priests which is wild that that happened not just once but twice and both times they look at the camera and go, "Well, they're not actually pedophiles. It's just the world thinking they're pedophiles. Yeah, they Surely were they're innocent. <laughs> they mm-hmm. were framed. He so put my were. hand on his junk. He did. I swear, officer, he I did didn't it. do it on purpose." Episode nine opens with our main, one of our main characters, who is the disgraced priest. Which, from before, remember, he's disgraced because a young girl claims that he was basically fucking her, and then he gets thrown out of the church because of it. And like. Yeah, hey, money's on the girl right now, considering he how priests no were. no real repercussions. It's None always worth all. pointing he out. He just gets it's kicked like out. It's like that somehow, a re- this, like, he's so shocked 
is so shocking to him that he becomes a sex addict. Mm-hmm. I you know love why, that detail. Do you know why it's like actually traumatizing for him? Because he suffers more penalties than most real-life Catholic priests do. So, mm-hmm. like, he can't believe what he did wrong to actually get kicked out. I thought it yeah. was. I thought they were just going to move my parish. I just thought I, I changed. Yeah, I, I'm like yeah. a cop. Every you know, single authority me. person hey. didn't immediately come to his his aid. I, I don't understand. What is this world? I can't live in this world. Yeah, I got to immediately not be a priest and have tons of sex, well, which I hadn't sex. been doing up till the now. Pope called allegedly. me in his office and I said, "What do you mean I can't touch little boys?" I, t- Tommy did the other <laughs> week. Yeah, that was last week. Made a new rule. It says you couldn't touch him, yeah, so sorry. you're out. It's not even a new rule. The <laughs> guy's just like, I, I think you did a bad thing. What? A what? Huh? Like, it's it's I quit. a contractual I'm gonna go fuck thing. women for money. If you had well, that... just, if you had just applied one week later, you would have been fine. But policy changed. This is and... just the experience of all uh, Christian school students: is uh, not being able to have sex during high school and then selling themselves for money during college. That's what I found out. It's a it's a short. Sturdy pipeline. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, wait, okay. Open up on episode nine. We have a drunk priest, our one of our main characters, walking very lustily after a very young girl as she walks into a back alleyway. And immediately, I was like, "Okay, so I'm we're about just to watch a crime. We're just yeah. This is just this man wanting to rape this little crime. girl. Like crime. I'm finally crime. going okay. to be justifiably crime. like." Like told that this kid is a piece of shit. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, like, exactly. Finally, I'm, I'm to going to get it. the confirmation I deserve, which is that the priest was lying the entire time about not being guilty. And it's for the record, there's no other way to interpret this scene, but we're not quite there yet. We're building towards it. So he is following this little girl and watches the stepping man like start beating up this little girl and trying to kidnap her. But he just... manages to grab the little girl from the stepping man and is just swaddling the girl while getting his no, ass he, whooped. Well, so he does here, the my, anime thing where he like uses himself as a human shield my because apparently part, the guy can't like swing an arm. I always thought that he was called Stepping Man because when we first see him he's literally just like stepping on the priest but like not very <laughs> violently. Like this That's man true. you find out in three seconds has giant chains that shoot out of him. And instead, he's just like, eh, get, get off her. That's my bride. Ah. To be fair, the anime forgets what his powers are repeatedly. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes he can heal. Sometimes he's got other random shit. So he defends, quote, unquote, this little girl, his next tasty rape morsel. Um, and, you know, instead, he is lauded for saving her. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to him... Or no, we don't even have to go that far forward. Mm-hmm. We find out that the stepping man is actually the disgraced priest. And he became the stepping man because this is a thread, so stick with me, because he has to steal children mm-hmm. like his daughter used to be so he can infect them with yellow demon fever and then he can try and cure them of that yellow demon sickness he also has yellow she demon also sickness, has. and she, his daughter, had yellow <laughs> demon sickness, but now she's dead. Mm-hmm. Sounding um, more and more like Game of Thrones, isn't it, with Grayscale, huh? You guys laughed yeah, at me before. Unlike Grayscale, yellow demon sickness is an STD. Uh-oh. We don't know and, that Grayscale isn't. It's never confirmed. I mean, okay, That's yeah, true. you got me That's on true. that one. Although you do get it from breathing the air of Greece. Yeah, right. So... so. Still unconfirmed. There are a lot of STDs <laughs> in the air in Greece. So 
they confront him, and that's like the exposition dump that is explained to us. And then they posit that what happened with his daughter that ended up her catching yellow demon sickness and dying was that he was treating a patient, and while he was out of the room, she, his daughter, came in to treat the patient, accidentally got some of it into an open wound of hers or something like that to contract this STD, and then as a result, people thought that he had fucked his little girl. And then they ostracized him from the church, and ever since then, it's been his passion to try and cure yellow sickness, yellow demon sickness, by infecting other people with yellow demon sickness. And again, there's no other way to read this. Because officer, officer, please, I had to put my yellow demon in those feverish young girls. Yep. Like, it was named. I had to do research. Because the person proposing this is the priest that was hunting down the little girl at the beginning of the episode. He literally, like, locks eyes with the other priest. And before, when we hated this man, he immediately real, starts, de- like, defending him as hard as he can. And that's exactly yeah. what it is. He's like, oh, what you mean to say is that your daughter caught it through non-nefarious means. And the bad priest, quote-unquote, goes, yes, that was exactly what I meant to say. Obviously, like, I did not fuck my like little that, girl. That Dave Chappelle skit. I just they, fucked they, the rest of them. Where they switch <laughs> like races, and he's like, they, they're in front of a tape recording. He's like, can I smell crack in the community? And the guard, the guards pointing at the tape recorder going, absolutely not. He's like, oh, right. <laughs> crack is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, there's truly no other way to view it, um, yeah. especially because at the end of this episode, the, the MC priest that is also, again, kicked out of the church, reveals that the reason why he won't teach this blonde little girl that he saved how to do magic is because the last time he was near a little girl like this, the experience was so traumatizing that he considers little girls to be his mortal enemy. The experience that he promises didn't actually Uh happen, your honor. Yeah, some little girl, as in, so like, how let's fucking say right am I that this is like this is literally the guy who wrote this, and the guy who wrote this was once accused of like being a pervert by a little girl, and he got off scot free, but it shook him so bad that he stayed inside of his house for the rest of his life, and now deservedly so, the only outlet he has is to draw other people like fucking with other little girls, so because he can't. It sure fucking seems like it. It's what it fucking feels like. Not going to lie. Not going to fucking lie. So this all ends with him, again, saying that he's traumatized by little girls. And then he goes, you know what? Maybe this has actually taught me that, you know, I should be more accepting of little girls. And the little girl's mom is in the room and is like, hey, what the fuck? Like, it seems like you're hitting on my daughter. Like, stop fucking hitting on my daughter. And the daughter's like, oh, I would never date that old man. He's not boyfriend material at all. At which point, the priest starts defending himself as boyfriend material for the little girl. And the mom is like, I'll fucking kill you, bitch. What are you doing? Again, like the fact that the mom starts being like, I'll murder you for doing this, shows that the the people who wrote the show know it is incorrect to demonstrate this. So, like, why did they do it? And the only explanation I can have is... That's just... why they have the bitchy woman say it, Ethan? Yes. 
Yeah, because I think that inherently when a woman comes up to you and says, "Ew, you're so gross. You want to have sex with the little children?" It just it just goes straight over their head. They don't You know, I didn't want to do it before, but after that lady told me I couldn't, mm-hmm, god dang it, mm-hmm. I want to now. That's it right there. It is, it is so gross. Uh, yeah, and that's episode nine. Uh, there's a reporter in there that ends up turning out to be another magical sword, and she's the magical sword of war. And the reporter is temporarily thought to be the stepping man, but then she kicks herself out of a roof, and then they really think she's stepping man. And then it turns out that they go to Garbage Town, and then they garbage find a different garbage stepping collection. Man. Whatever. I literally just read Garbage Town. Um, and then they then they see her doing more illegal shit with yep. more superpowers, and they really, 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 really think she's Stepping Man. But and it turns out what she, she is gets caught being Stepping Man. But right, so that made it look like she gets she's caught it again because she's like, "I am Stepping Man, I am Stepping Man, I am Stepping Man," and then they rip off her mask, and oh my god, it's her! It and is like, oh, the you're elemental stepping man. She's but like, then. Nope. She's not the stepping man. She's the elemental class anti-demon god combat technician training program called the Sword of War. Right. Not a joke. That That's what yeah. they wrote. It's beautiful I had to, I had to write it down. it down. I know. That's, that's her full title. That's her full I appre- name. I appreciate that about Every you. time we meet this woman, she doubles down on what she used to be called. And then the next time we meet this woman, she immediately says, oh, by the way, I'm actually a new title slash thing. I don't know why swords get to yeah, talk in these universes. Yeah, she's so quirky and funny because she wears glasses. Dude, she sucks and kicks so people. much. She's so quirky and funny. There's also a bad guy that shows up and like immediately gets like Kingdom Hearts away. Like he just goes, "Oh, I can tell that I'm kind of losing, so I'll disappear and I'll show up in like Kingdom Hearts 2. He also talks a lot about darkness, so that Kingdom Hearts reference is really holding true. Yeah. And they also he's got the like mask thing that you can't see through, but for some reason Kingdom Hearts people are obsessed with. Um, the I think only that's thing just Japanese like uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, I don't know. Pe- people who make really really shitty derivative like character design art, like Nomura. Oh yeah, I, I think that's just like one of those general like I can't draw, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, no I mean, one, putting a mask no one has on stopped someone, me, so here we go. Putting a mask on someone does mean you don't have to draw their face, so. It's also like how how there were zippers on everything in the first Kingdom Hearts game. Like every every Kingdom Hearts game has like its own yep. thing, its own motif of poor design. And masks was I think really one of the third ones. That was the big thing in the third. Yeah, because it was that was whenever. Um, wait, wait, do you mean Kingdom Hearts three or do you mean the third to be released? The third one, not Kingdom Hearts three. By Kingdom Hearts three, they they're like fucking real boys at this point. But whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I do agree. I um I I think it was number three where they introduced like the prequel characters and then it was all mask up. Um it was mask up for a while. I, I just, also remember a lot of masks when they tried to tell me there was a difference between heartless nobodies and a third thing that I don't remember. Just Heart- like my chiropractor says, masks are dumb and Dr. Fauci is the modern Mengala. So I trust him pretty Dang. implicitly. Oh, also, is that Nazi like Ding. is like is, is that like Kyrie? I think it she might like be. Mengele? All right. Um, Are yeah. You done? Oh, the, the only other thing I'll add here <laughs> is, as the episodes go, the animation gets worse, the VA gets worse, and then the scenes pretty much fall apart. Um, the table that is in one of these scenes 
is about 20 feet long, if not longer. And the people sit at it at, like, nipple height. And then if you look at them, they're they're animated like I animated. Or not even animated. They're just drawn like I animated them. Her hat is bigger than, like, four of her, um, the little wizard chick that has it. So that was at least sort of fun. And I don't know if you caught it, but in the very last episode, there's clearly a speech where they're trying to sign things off. In the space of, I think it was eight seconds, it goes from literally noon, like high in the sky sun, to being pitch black. You can watch the scene change by color in front of you. It's very fun. And I it's all my, during one sentence. It's like me part, talking like this and it becomes night. My favorite part is the fact that they locked up the Tigarian in the cell. And then they actually have a call back in the next episode where they go to him to try to get information. Oh, from him. yeah. That's right. And he gives it to <laughs> so, them, too. Free so of charge. Stupid. It was free so charge. dumb. Uh, but anyway, yeah, are you done? I'm Can done. Talk about Let's talk about Revenger. Jay, lay it on me. I'm so glad he's covering this because this is definitely the correct person to cover it. So, Revenger is wait, 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 real fucking quick. amazing. What? And you know how good it is? Do you know how good it is? According to Mal, it's just as good as... Uh, sorry, hang tight. Tappin! It's just as good as Tappin. Tappin! Exclamation I, point, exclamation like, point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation well, just point. So you, just so you know, that guy's yes. name is Tappin, so that's funny. He's no, it's Tappin. Idiot. You fucking moron. It doesn't have an N at the end of it. Do you even fucking... Re- Do you watch these shows? I'm going to go... <laughs> guys, I got to go off myself real quick. Fucking oh hell. God, dude. His name's not Tappin. Oh, no. It's Tappin Pig. <laughs> so Revenger I'm going to listen to something mature Where oh, we last no. left off on Revenger No, I, it's very grown up Oh, that, damn it, that was It's it. very grown up Very grown up <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it sounds like <laughs> Anyway so, uh, Revenger, where we last left off, is a wonderful and actually genuinely good anime yep. about a bunch of people yep. who have basically an internal debate about what it means to, like, give justice and do justice. Uh, in the very beginning, our main character is a samurai who lives only for what his master calls justice meaning that he obeys every command and he does everything that he's supposed to, even when he doesn't understand it or agree. And it results in him killing his father-in-law and his fiance killing herself and being nope. very, very unhappy about it. But uh, the reason I bring that up is because right now, where we last left off, is that we're searching for the people who stole an entire shipment of opium from the British and are currently pushing it through um, a, a big uh, Japanese port city, which name I don't remember. So, um, oh me, no, me, me it was what? Chinatown, by the way. No, uh, no I'm sure it has no, like a no, Japanese it, it was name. The but... It was the entire city. Um, yeah. okay. Chinatown was, uh, was just a particular part of it. They want to explode Nagasaki. Um, like was with it the... Nagasaki? Yeah, I don't yeah think they want Nagasaki. Which now I'm I, realizing my, my phrasing on that was pretty poor, but I did they mean they wanted to destroy that, Nagasaki. I mean, they did. They literally said they want to like have it over yeah, no, with and fall apart. Yep. But it is Nagasaki? Like, okay, cool. Yeah, it was Nagasaki. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so basically the beginning of episode six is that we get introduced to what is the counterpart to our original Revenger group. 
Uh, originally, this entire show has centered around a group of people who call themselves Revengers. Basically, they are assassins for hire, but their deal is that they work for a weird sect of the Catholic Church or just Catholic... Um, what do they call them? The the people who go to different Diocese? places to preach. Oh. No, like I, I don't think they're missionaries. Yeah, a bunch of Catholic missionaries. Because I don't think they're the in, implications that they represent anything other than themselves for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they they probably claim obviously to do the. the yeah, they claim a lot know. of things, but right. point is, is that the their deal with their revenge is that. Uh, if a person meaningfully demonstrates that they desire revenge, then they're going to uh, basically carry it out for them. It has nothing right. to do... It's not supposed to have anything to do with payment or anything like that. However, uh, there is another group of Revengers, and they are the antithesis of everything that our main group of Revengers stands for. They will take any job for any amount of money. They do not care whatsoever as to whether or not the person who wants their revenge carried out is poor or disenfranchised or legitimately wants their revenge to be carried out. Nope. So typically what they do is they take a bunch of jobs from rich people. Uh, one of those rich people is the head of a trade union in Nagasaki who seems like a bit of a psychopath. Yeah, I mean, um, he pretty literally is a psychopath. I'm going to spoil it now just so that we can like follow the plot threads, but he I is the one who wait, stole wait, wait, the opium. I have yeah. Yeah, you haven't seen it. You were literally supposed to have seen it. I don't, seen I don't, it I don't fucking listen to your shit. Anyway, so he stole His the opium. His name is Shishido. Yes, and the reason I want to bring that up is because the plot makes a lot more sense when you kind of unwind it in this way, and it's one of the things that I can give massive credit to the show for doing, which is that it has things to hide and it drip feeds you information, but unlike M. Night Shyamalan, all of the information actually fits together when you put it together, <laughs> once you know everything. It's, it's like not a, a bunch of bullshit pulled out of your ass. It's like they, they gave you uh, 100 pieces and it forms a puzzle, whereas M. Night Shyamalan gives you 100 pieces from 10 different puzzles and none of them fit. <laughs> and he shows you one half. He shows you the edge corner of like one of them. It's like, that is my masterpiece. $20, please, and popcorn. Uh, pass? But, uh, so basically, uh, this enemy group uh, is, they're, they're basically all made up of foils of our primary characters. They have a, a sword guy, a ranged guy, a, I guess, trickster gadgeteer, mm -hmm. and a uh, fucking useless ass child. Yeah, which is funny. <laughs> which is actually that really be, funny. That would be the antithesis of the very useful child in the current group. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really funny because, yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, what, what, what else do I want to go over? Oh yeah. The plot. So basically th this, this head of the trade union has stolen all of it and he's trying to sell it in Nagasaki because he just wants to make a lot of money. He doesn't care what happens in previous episodes. We have met a person who basically runs the police in Nagasaki who works with the Revengers a little bit but can't basically outwardly say that he is. Yeah, which his, is cool. That was cool. Yeah, his name is like, Isarizawa. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, I liked this um, part of the plot a lot. No, that was really cool because everybody has their own motivations. Everything, everyone has something that they want, but they can come together and work together as long as they both come up with like a good reason. Um, basically, the Revengers need to find out who is doing the deed so that they can convince the cop to help them. Because the cop won't help them unless they know they're doing something good for his people and his city and his career. 
and the cop won't help the Revengers unless they have something because they're all technically criminals that he just hasn't arrested yet. So, like, they have to prove their usefulness before he'll help, and he has to, like, he has to constantly have their usefulness proven, otherwise he'll arrest them. But uh, what's great about this is that the other group of people also work for the church or these missionaries. So the church has basically been lying this whole time to our characters. And they are like a weird kind of pet project where they tell them all the like God shit about you need to kill all these sinners and like bring redemption to Nagasaki. But even though they might say the same thing to the other assassin groups... This is the only group that actually believes it. Yeah, yes. because, because, because yeah. you and Usui, the leader, kind of like, it's kind of his, each person has their own reason why they're doing this to kind of avoid their old life. And that's kind of like, sort of religion was Usui's way out of doing whatever he used to do. And so he bit like hook, line, and sinker into this religion thing as kind of like a way out. Where yeah. everyone well, else was like, yeah, yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. The Lord said so. Okay, buddy, no problem. Right. And what's cool about his character is that at the same time that he like buys the lie that the Catholic church is, or like these Catholic missionaries are giving him. Yeah. He also just believes it so much that he doesn't care that when he finds out that the church is lying to him, he doesn't actually care. And he continues to go along with it anyway. And that's really cool. Like we, we have a really yeah. great piece of character development from what normally in most anime is the just all knowing character who already knows everything. And he's just there to sit in the corner and go, <laughs> I knew that. It was, I was, it was just waiting for you to figure it out. Genuinely very gratifying the amount of times our characters were su surprised by something they were given. And then they all had to sit down and go, what do we do? Yeah. And it wasn't that the characters pivoted and jumped all over the place. Like, I actually liked how consistent they were on, like, it, they didn't really change. As in, um, the gambler guy is like, no, like, we were given fucking, you know, coins they were bit. Let's let's yeah. do it. Like let, yes. this then is also, what we're supposed to do. But then also he wants like, to be the other group. Yeah. Yes, that is true. He does want. But then to be also, the other group. yeah, Soji. My favorite. My favorite thing about Soji during that whole thing is when they find out the Catholic Church is lying. He's like, "Frick, I don't want to take on the Catholic Church." He's like, "Yeah, but all right, I guess we got to find out. Like, we sort of have to find out the truth." Okay, like, hey, we all know you kind of made that gold coin BS, Neo. Go do that again. Go get yep. someone to bite a gold coin yep. against Lou so we can get to the bottom of this. Yeah, yeah, because even though Neo broke the rules, it still fit within uh, Soji's or not Soji's, whatever the leader guy's name. Yeah, of like how it yeah. was supposed to work worked. Yeah, because even though it was completely like arbitrarily gotten, it didn't follow the rules. It did actually follow the rules. Yeah, because the person they killed was like a child trafficker. Yeah, it's also so cool because like they 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 have walked an artful line between having Betwixt. characters that are stubborn to the point of you going, no one acts like this, and then also just constantly too flexible and too all-knowing. Like, these characters will sit to... Even, even the gambler, although he's stubborn, he's like, look, I understand that, like, I don't really like this but like and i don't i would like to do it your way but like this is our job this is what we get paid to do and then you have the doctor and misui misui was it usui usui thank usui. you um usui that's like i have a code to abide by and not everyone abides to it like that's also something that's so cool like these characters are independent they all work together but like the code of the gambler is not the same thing that's the code of the doctor and like the code of the doctor is not even the same as the code of usui 
So I everyone kept their character for it, and it didn't result in just them at each other's throat for no reason, right? Um, and I remember we talked about this last time, Mike. You were talking about um, there's something at work you said that you were bringing up about like the cohesion of like a team. And I don't remember exactly yeah. how you phrased it, but like it's still there. Like even in this moment where you know Neo and the Gambler are sort of at odds with the other two, they're able to just have this conversation, and it's a very rational conversation. Yeah, and they're able to just kind of make it work. It was um, so refreshing to listen to because like Soji and Neo like got into it a little bit about what they were gonna do, but then they just went ahead and did what they knew they had to do. Like it was. But it, it wasn't was just dead-headed great. either. Yeah. They made the choice to do that. They yes. could have been like, fuck this, we'll just, it's time to go, you know? But it wasn't. Yeah. It was always but, an act of choice. But then even, yeah, and then even with that, though, like when Soji questions, like, what he's doing there, and Neo's like, well, what does it matter? Like, because Neo's thing is like, we just freaking kill people. Like, you know, we just do as we're told, sort of. Yeah. And he's Neo's like, yeah. only in it to kill people. Yeah. But then Soji's like, listen, I'm in it for the money. And I thought it was like, kill people, get money. But now we're like taking on like entire organizations of the Catholic Church. Like, that's a little too much. We're a four man squad. And reasonably so. Yeah. Like, somebody we're also would think biting that. the hand that feeds. Yeah. Like, we're expressly yep. fight, biting the people who will pay us. So we'll never get paid again, even if we're successful. And we Which never get doesn't a, end up happening, but yeah. We also never get a speech about like him being a gambler oh. and being like, whatever, let's just risk it all. Like, let's Hell, do yeah. it for the right Dude, reasons. They, He's like, I don't know, this is like the world I'm living. The right amount. And to be honest, like, I think the only complaint that I had with this show was there were some scenes I would have liked a little more on because I was enjoying them spending the time. But that's it. Like for me, like I was like, everyone kind of says everything they want succinctly. And then they then they move to the next scene. They say what needs to be said. They stay in character. They act as their characters would. And then we move to the next plot point in a, in a yeah. motion that makes sense. Like Jay said, like you're following it. It's it's easy. Like there it goes. Oh, it's wow. well written and well structured. Everyone, it, it's not. It doesn't feel like an ass pull when yep. somebody turns a corner and there's like a you know like a bad guy there. It's not. Yep. You haven't written yourself into a corner. You have. Four characters with four distinct personalities and four distinct character arcs, and they're actually all being utilized to tell a story that has like an ending that has and to. And then, do especially, with well, maybe not even especially, but including the the fifth guy, like Kurima, like our samurai, like his story from start to finish over these twelve episodes was. I mean, there it was. Yeah. It was open and shut. There it was. It was, was clean, his... and it also wasn't over the top. Yeah. I'm willing mm -hmm. to believe the amount of growth he had. And also, uh, yeah, Neo kind of really, hints at this. It, yeah, like he's really, not healed at the end. He's on no, his way, but he's not no. done. Like, yeah, I, no, and he and he wasn't, and it wasn't a lot of growth. Like it was minuscule amounts. And you're right. Like over the course of his lifetime, maybe he could have forgiven himself. Right, but they, but he you certainly know, had. Right, exactly, and that's what was neat. Is it's not like it was like oh, happy ending. Everybody had no. This man was still deeply troubled by the fact yes. that his fiance killed herself because of him. Also, cool yep. little thing. Um, not that I think this whole show is like a wabi sabi thing. No, I, don't, I think that would be so. They they do, but I don't think it's. I guess I haven't thought about it enough. Maybe it is, but I haven't thought of it. But like his arc is. There is his a, arc is yes yes like his because it's not done and it's also something that we can appreciate the tragedy of his moment, but that he also tried conquering it, and that yeah. although it isn't done. It is a thing unto itself that can be beautiful, even if it's, I mean, truly tragic. 
Um, yeah. And like, you know, he had a hand in that, but it doesn't change that it's tragic. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's cool. Well, I, yeah. I like that little inclusion. There's a full on discussion about this in the anime where the fucking yeah. trade union guy pulls Usui into a room to talk about another art piece. Uh, because from I guess a dead he's like guy. an art dealer from a dead yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. And that guy died of opium uh, overdose, or at least just wasting away. And the last piece of art he made was this like freakish, disgusting looking little sculpture. Mm-hmm. And so the trade union guy pulls it in and he says, look at this like crazy piece of shit this genius made right before he died. And the other two people in the room are just kind of like art sycophants where they're just kind of looking for what they feel like they're supposed to say about it. Yeah, and they keep like, changing like, their mind. Yeah, he pulls Yusui into a room with like three other guys that are kind of just there to fill the room almost. Like yeah. it's like Shishido wanted just to talk to Usui, but under the guise of like having other people there to look at this weird sick art piece that he knows right. yep. only Usui will really understand what he's talking about. Or at yep. least have an opinion yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, their opinions are basically opposites in this exact way. Trade union guy thinks that if you die of opium overdose and you make like a piece of shit art, it's valuable because it's the only shitty thing a genius has ever made. It's valuable because it's unique. It's valuable because you can sell it for a lot of money and it's valuable because it's special. Like also this hints to the fact that this exact person is obsessed with death and beauty in death because he takes pictures of dead bodies. Yeah. And it's like, it's all of his little character interactions wrapped into one where one, he has a bunch of opium and he's selling it. So he honest to God, like killed this guy basically. Uh, Two, he's obsessed with death and the beauty in death, which is why he loves this particular sculpture so much because it's literally an artistic representation of a dying person. Three, he likes it because he's a salesman and a trade union guy, and he only sees particular things as being valuable based on the amount he can sell them for, not necessarily anything else. And all this contrasts with Usui, who doesn't see this as a piece of garbage that a dying man made, but as a masterpiece of not capturing death, but capturing the hope that you have even while you're dying. You know, I'm actually coming around to my own sort of half joke about this being very no, wabi sabi driven. No, I mean, that like, is more shit theme. like that. That's a also, big like, theme. The antagonist is the. Um, I don't know if it's the exact opposite. I don't know if I understand the theme well enough, but like, I think pretty much the opposite, right? Like, he has an appreciation for things in death, but his solution to it is I will capture that moment and keep it forever. That's not the point. The point is to allow these things to wash over you and then they are gone. You appreciate that things pass, things die, but like it's not that you keep it forever once it's dead. You don't put it on a shelf. And to make something new in combination with that death-like experience. Yes, exactly, yeah. So, um, Usui is very sad that the guy had to die. Yes. Because he, one, didn't have to die, and that's why he also wants to remove this opium. Because despite the fact that this is a very nice piece and he does like it, he doesn't think it's worth the guy dying, which is how he differs from the other person. Because he says he won't sell it for any reason. Because despite the fact that he likes it, he thinks it's a very good piece and he thinks it's... It, he's, in that, in that sense, glad that it exists. He will never sell it because he, he finds it distasteful to sell what is essentially the product of someone else's death. In his opinion, it would have been much better, much more profitable, and you know, ethical to sell if, much like Kitsuragi, he had almost died and had learned from the experience instead and grown instead. 
had those little gold flakes put in his cracks and put back together. Yeah. Which is literally the art that he makes. Well, at least in part. Yeah, yeah. It's they're all they're connected, yeah. 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 So I, um Damn, this is Usui's, cool. That's Usui's track. That's just one fucking person's track. Right. Unfortunately, I don't think the doctor has as much to do in this no, season. No, no, and this is this is where I was like, if I could have gotten more scenes. Like I actually for once yeah. was like I I would have loved to see like and I get that they were trying to stay narrow to kind of show you like Usui's arc and to show you uh basically um well frick, what's his name? Uh, I just forgot it. K something. Uh, Ku, uh Kurima. Yeah, Kurima's arc. Like I get that they were showing you them because those were like the first two characters you were introduced with and you find out that uh Usui was trying to kill Kurima and then got caught up in it. And I get that. But at the same time, it was like one of the only times where I was like God, I really wish I knew more about Teppa, and I really wish I knew even a little more about Soji. Like, we just know he's a gambler, but I, there's something a little more there. But, I yeah, mean, Soji know, grows yeah. with the limited information we have on him. We see him struggle. Right. You know, we see him struggle and make decisions based on that, but it's like... And God. he has an arc. He has yeah. a character arc. And he basically has an episode, too. Yeah. Uh, yep. Because one of the episodes is about him being compared and contrasted to the Chinese infiltrator agent. Yep. But uh, more importantly, yeah, Teppa's the only person who just doesn't get anything. Even Little Girl Boy gets an entire episode about not just their backstory, but their motivation. Yeah. Yeah, and I do actually, uh, now that you're saying, I wouldn't have thought of this unless you said it, Mike, but like even Neo, um, although Neo has a full. Yeah. But also, like, to a certain level, like, Neo not growing is is sort of, at, at this rate, kind of yeah. Neo's growth. Because you don't really want to see Neo change that much because I think you're forcing a change if you do that. Like, the point is, is that Neo had this terrible past and has kind of come to terms with that and then lives for themselves, like, from this point out. And it's just to kill and do as they wish. And Usui just wants Neo to have the chance to live as they wish. So, honestly, right. I'm okay with that part. The fact that I didn't get anything for Teppa and like his background as a scoundrel and then, you know, as a doc now, like you sort of get bits and pieces, but you never really see Teppa yeah. do much besides sort of be a pseudo voice of reason in quotes for Usui, but it's more just someone for Usui to bounce ideas off of and kind of the confidant. Yeah. Te Teppa's growth, I think, also is the one that fully happened before the show even started. Uh, because clearly his job as a doctor is part of how he grew from whatever he used to be to whatever he is now. Yeah. And he specifically says it a couple times that he practices very specifically Western medicine because he finds it more, like, actually helpful. And um, there's, there's, like a, there's like a moment where um, you realize that, like, oh, the whole point of Teppa is that he probably just used to kill people and now he wants to like rescue people instead. And he said a couple times that like he sees killing people as helping people in like a weirdly medical doctory sort of way. Yeah. So you, you already get his development. So while it sucks that we never get really more from him, it's kind of okay that yeah. it is that way. But yeah, uh, the little girl on the other hand does feel a little bit worse because her growth really seems to be that she used to be like held up in a freak show and forced to kill possibly. Yeah. Or... I don't, that's what I mean. Like the, yeah, the only thing is you don't really understand what it, what it meant for Neo to be in that freak show. 
like what what exactly went on behind the scenes so yeah yeah but no, i uh, get that but um other than that i guess we can go down the rest of the plot point uh which is basically the the final one we're going to talk about is main character kurima and his is sort of the overall thing you know like for the entire show and that's basically again he used to just follow auras he used to kill whoever he wanted it's arguable that he's doing the same thing because now he follows a different master, Usui. He kills for different reasons that he doesn't necessarily understand or agree with. But they, on the other hand, do actually follow the like uh, rules and the laws that uh, he supposedly followed the whole time. Uh, so like, it, it's a growth for him. It's a growth for him to be able to find a master and a purpose that actually aligns with the beliefs and the rules that he thought he had the entire time. Because now he actually does stand up for the poor and the disenfranchised. He does only kill people who are evil and irredeemable. And most importantly, he gets his orders from someone who genuinely cares about those principles and isn't just like his old master used to, like the other Revenger group does, like the Catholic missionaries also secretly do on the side, kill for their own self-benefit and their own, you know, their own reasons. So he gets to have a final showdown with the sword guy from the other group who basically in a bar tells him all of this at once. Uh, they go into a bar, they sit down together, and the other sword guy from the other group basically walks up to him and says... Killing is killing, and at the end of the day, it really isn't any different if you give them a bunch of opium and they die for profit, it, if you take away all their food and they starve to death, if you jack up the price of something and they can't afford it, or if you stab them in the back and watch them bleed to death. And he's right, obviously, but the difference, of course, is that, that, you know, that Kurama obviously points out is that the difference is not just in the intent of the action, but the intent of the action that drove the death. So like when you run up behind someone and stab them in the back, it's this monk's, this monk guy, enemy swordman guy's opinion that it really is just the same as starving them to death. And he's right from the stance of how it ends up. But what Kurama's point is, and the entire purpose of his character, is that if you yourself believe in being a good person and believe in killing for a reason, you will never accidentally stab someone in the back and kill them. You will never accidentally take away all their money and their food. And if you're very careful about how and why and what you do, you can avoid these sorts of like inevitable twist of fate deaths that the monk guy is basically saying is what everybody does, whether they like it or not. Because Monk Guy's perspective is that he's trying to absolve himself of his own ill intent and his own profit motive and his own just, I kill for whatever, who cares? Because he wants to take away his own, like, I guess, self-deprecative image of himself as a monster and a killing machine, kind of like the little girl boy is. And he wants to believe that he's like a higher educated and a higher functioning person because he thinks that death is just an inevitable part of society and it's not his fault. Whereas Kurima, who has killed people and severely regrets it, has to learn that it is actually okay to do violence and kill people in certain instances, but he has to learn that um, that reason can't necessarily come from another person. It has to come from himself. So 
Uh, and this is like wonderfully encapsulated in their final fight because uh, main samurai guy Karima and monk guy obviously have their duel to the death. And in it, uh, monk guy is winning slightly. Uh, he's basically getting little nicks and cuts on Karima and Karima's mm-hmm. bleeding very badly. Yeah. And the cool part about it is that as it keeps going, Kurima is not losing focus. He's not losing anything because he is dead set on killing this enemy guy. Whereas the enemy guy keeps trying to point out to him that every single time he takes one of these cuts, he's getting closer and closer and closer to losing and he should just give up. And he keeps telling him, if you give up, I'll let you go. I'll let you live. Why won't you give up? Surely killing me doesn't mean anything to you. You've told me yourself that you don't like doing it. Why is it so different now? And, of course, the difference is that, unlike Monk Man, Kurima doesn't think that... that thinks that there is a difference between killing and intent to kill in certain situations. And after it like, starts to get really, really bad for Kurima, he basically lets himself get stabbed in the shoulder. At the exact same time as he tries to cut the other guy in the head, he actually misses and only just gets him on the top of his right wrist. And I thought this was really cool because the second that happens, the second he takes just like a minor little flesh wound, or at least as far as it looks, Monk Man immediately shuts off, throws his fucking weapon, and runs away. And sicks the stupid little useless child on him. Yeah, yep. (laughs) Because the second he takes some damage, he's like, no, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth it for me. I'm not in this to like take damage. I'm not in this to fight to the death. I'm not in this to yeah. fight to the end. I am not here to risk any piece of myself. So yeah. fuck you. I'm going to leave. And then the other great little image that I thought was cool was that even though he's saying all this and it kind of seems like he's being a pussy, when he runs away, his right arm is limp. That, that little cut that he took on the wrist fucked up his right hand and he cannot fight. So when he throws his fucking sword, it really was his complete last-ditch effort. Yep. Uh, the kid drops down with two fucking things, tries to shoot Kurima in the head, and Kurima, without fucking flinches, flinching, throws a fucking sword into this little kid, watches him supposedly die, and just runs away. Doesn't care. And then to, to cap it all off, unless I got high and blacked out, we never see Monk Man die. It's just implied. No, we see Monk yeah. Man die. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah, he bad. gets cut. He gets cut in half after Kurima. Oh, that's right. He says like I'm too old for this or whatever. Yeah, we yeah. we, it was we a good see death. him. Di- yeah. We see him like. It was know. the same. It was basically the same death as when Kurima first got his spike shoes oh, and he cuts yeah, the guy in half right. and that's he turns right. upside right. down. I don't know why I fucking forgot that, but like I, I was just so done with that fight at that point. Yeah. Also, I was just fucking pogging out because uh, of the fight between. Um, a bowman, Teppa, yeah. and the sniper. Dude, the bowman was fight. awesome. Dude, that <laughs> honestly, sniper all man's the a fights... fucking genius. Yeah. Everyone the... does everything smart. Yes. Everyone yes. does everything smart. They all do their gimmick, yeah. and their gimmick either works and they win instantly, or their gimmick doesn't work and they die. Yep. And it's fucking yep. amazing. Well, it's I, like I know game... Teppa doesn't actually die, but he does get shot. Yeah. And I'm okay like, with it. Yeah, a guy who throws weird, dumb little disc thing with spikes. Uh, he's like, oh, it's a boomerang. It comes back. Nobody yeah. knows it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> and like, nobody pulls any magic bullshit to suddenly realize it's happening. The yeah. only guy who saw it before just like deviates the course a little yeah. bit so and, and has it like hit it. him. Yep. Yeah. And he's dead. That's it. It's over. He's dead. It's, yeah, he that's fucked it. There's up no big one speech. little thing. He just dies. Yep. 
He just fucks up one little thing. The same thing happens with the sniper. The sniper just full on outsmarts Teppa. Just full on. Because they're like, okay, we're both going to run out of cover. 50, yeah. sh- 50, 50 shot. One of us gets <laughs> shot. But whoever doesn't, they're going to know where, he, yeah. where the shot came from. That's and Teppa's so going to shoot him with the arrow. The little kid in a lower window shoots with the tonfa, misses. Yeah. And before they can tell Teppa not to shoot because it's a trap, he fucking peeks out of cover yeah. and immediately gets shot because he was looking in the wrong place. Yeah. And then as he's going down, shoots one up in the air. And of course, <laughs> later on, you find out that he, he did that on purpose to like arc it up and over because once he got shot with the second person, yeah. he also then knew where he was and just yeah. fucking got him. Did you? And so I they both liked, took each other out. I like Teppa's line too. He's like, uh, would be terrible only shooting in a straight line. It is like, <laughs> like, man, imagine, oh, imagine man. having a straight idiot. Yeah, that was also, so good. the death scene for the guy with the gun pays off so well. Because it's like, again, these arrows are like shafts. They're like a spear going through this man. And it goes through him, and he's like, and then just It goes just through his shoulder dead. and his right butt cheek. And he's just like, yeah. oh, no. I'm just dead I have now. been <laughs> nailed to the ground. <laughs> and, he, yeah, you're right. He doesn't do a single fucking thing. He just looks there in horror until he passes out, and he never wakes up. Yeah, the, that's the thing. All Not the even deaths dead are in that so moment. good. Just shock. Except for the monk man. Like, nobody gets final words. Nobody gets to, like have a big speech no one gets to have like a big fight and it's I feel just like, wasn't you monk make Man's one fucking mistake getting too and you old die for this or something yeah something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. Of getting too old for this. I, I honestly didn't even remember it at first yeah. i kind of like bleaked it out of my memory because uh, to be honest i actually preferred the version in my mind yeah where, where he runs cut, off yeah. and tepa and, and and karima runs after him and it's just like no he died yeah yeah. Because the second he lost his hand and lost his sword, he had fucking nothing. So, like, yeah. what, you, what is he so going to he do? Died. He's yeah, dead. I wouldn't have minded that at all, for sure. I, I must have, like, fucking looked away or had to do something. <laughs> or, like, just bleeped it from out, my mind. Your eyes were in the back of your head. I was pocking out too hard. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, like, our heroes win. Um, they take no deaths, which, I mean, whatever. Uh, uh, Usui and the little girl boy catch up to main bad guy, and they kill him the exact same way that they kill everyone because... Let's be honest. That guy didn't have even a method of defending himself. No, once well, the two all, main all he had was the was the derringer in the sleeve. That's all he had. Yeah, he, he had nothing, yeah. and he shot it, it. It fucking and didn't it work at all. Yep. Yeah, but I, at least instantly. he had it. You know. <laughs> yeah. oh, and he he dies the same way everyone else dies. Only I thought it was very interesting. Every single other time that Usui has killed someone with his little gold lacquer. He puts it over their eyes, nose, and mouth. Yeah, he did put it over when his eyes. When he kills he the final man, he doesn't cover his too. eyes. <laughs> because he wants him, unlike the other ones, he wants him to, to, to know. To see the back tattoo and to, to know see what the it's back about. tattoo yeah. and know uh, where it came from. And know because, what this is all about. Oh, my because, God. Because, as I think it's like little hinted at and maybe not 100% confirmed, but that like um, this guy, Usui, is from an actual like Christian community that was ostracized from Japan and possibly even the one that was intentionally burnt down that the that the Catholic missionary mentions to him over and over again. Because I think that they were they were mentioning that to him to manipulate him. They were talking about the 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 burnt people who died in that fire who were Christians to try to like sell him on this one mission they wanted him to go on for no good reason. But uh, anyway, yeah, that that was great little fucking ending. Uh, everyone returns to their normal life except Kurima, who now who has to live decided. As the artist, uh, like Tepshi or Tenshi, Ke- or something? Ke- Kenshi Ryu, yeah, something, Ten- whatever. Yeah. 
and he continues to make art. And he said a while back that he was going to keep doing art until he imagined his uh, his ex fiance smiling in one of his pictures, and then he'd kill himself. Yeah, which is and great. He <laughs> never amazing. he never sees her smile. No, yep. ever. And one day when he's walking home or walking around, he, he sees was, he the was, same little aqueduct. Yep. What, what was he doing in town? I don't think he was doing anything important. Yeah, but. no, I don't think so either. I think he was just there. Yeah. Yep. He sees the same little aqueduct that he hid under the last time he murdered <laughs> last time. Yeah, the, the last time episode. he murdered somebody, specifically his uh his father-in-law, and where he was pretty clearly going to kill himself the first time. Right. Um when Usui found him. Only this time, as he's walking up to it to kind of reminisce, the little kid that he threw his fucking short sword into runs up behind him, stabs him in the fucking back, like smiles at him because he thinks he's won. Yeah. And then Kurima's like, oh. Yeah, Kurima turns around with a God. giant smile on his face, like, oh, someone killed me because I couldn't kill myself yet. And then the little kid has a panic attack and runs away. <laughs> Because like, the just, kid's still a piece of shit. Yeah. But, like, the best part is is that the reason Kurima's happy is because he did really believe in revenge, and he kind of secretly knew the entire time that his father-in-law probably hired the Revengers to kill him. Yeah. But he was wrong, because yeah. the other great thing that we got to talk about oh, is man. the absolutely fucking superb 10 out of 10 Oscar-worthy scene where we see Usui mm -hmm. return the fucking uh, uh, hair, hair clip pin. from her father-in-law, from her father, to Kurima's fiance, and she go absolutely fucking yeah, nuts. So, yeah, so she was sad Crazy first, and then she with goes, rage. Well, yeah, so someone must have been hired to kill him, and then Usui, not knowing who Kurima is, goes, oh yeah, it was Kurima, and then she goes ballistic. Oh. Oh my God! What a good scene that was. Uh, they they do this the kind of annoying walleye trope where they like do the fisheye lens on her face. Yeah. Whatever though, because like her her voice performance was fucking perfect, and she goes fucking nuts and she says, "Give me that motherfucking coin. Yeah. You are gonna kill my fiance, and you're gonna kill him the same way he did my fucking dad. He said he was my family. He said he loved me. Yeah, He's a like piece she of goes shit. into this whole he deserves thing hell. where where she can where she convinced herself that he said he was gonna change his last name and and be their protectors, but in reality he and was he just setting them up. Right, right, right. But because she found out that he killed her father, instead of trying to think through it logically at all, she goes nuts and convinces herself oh. that he said all of those things yeah. because he just wanted their their material possessions. Yeah, because why wouldn't she? Why yeah. wouldn't she? Oh, I agree. Because yeah. if any of the things that he had said were fucking true, he would have disobeyed his order and not killed his father-in-law. So she instantly, yeah, she she makes up this shit about how he was, must have been laughing at her the whole time. Yeah, yeah, he must have yeah. always just wanted their money and shit. He's such a piece of shit. He deserves hell. And she grabs that fucking oh, coin and God. she nearly bites fucking through solid goddamn metal. She hands it back to him and the goddamn piece that she bit yeah. is hanging on by the couple little <laughs> yeah. threads that just happened to go she's between got, her teeth. She's, she's got, like, bleeding her from teeth. the mouth. Yep. And like 20 minutes later, she fucking kills herself. She oh. stabs herself with a fucking oh knife straight God. through the fucking neck because she is way more of a fucking hard ass than Kurima ever was. Yeah, she and Kurima also, never gets to find out. No, yeah. he never and finds out. And that's out. what's good. 
Is it? There, but there is no closure. He knows. Yeah. Because that's the thing with the picture. The reason she will never smile at him in the pictures is because deep down he knows he will never ever deserve like anything from her. When he came back into that house, if she hadn't killed herself, like he wouldn't still not have deserved to talk to her again. No, Ironically, was, it would have been he, worse for him if she could have yelled at him. Yeah. But <laughs> he probably would have killed himself then. Well, he instead. was running in. He was running in. He took apart his like opponent's blade and was like running mm-hmm. in, taking his shirt off and just like ready to just oh, he was get ready. on his knees and kill himself because he knew there was nothing that he could do or say that would that would make up for any of that. She would have fucking clapped. She would have raided right. his fucking Sudoku. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, sell me on them, boys. Jay, sell me on Revengers. Revenger, I think unironically, I will watch again and I will recommend to people and I will unironically put, like, if we were going back and doing the old um, uh, great anime season, the vacation, I would fucking put it on there and I would probably put it close to the goddamn middle. The fact that I ha- can be, like, so wonderfully rejuvenate rejuvenated by a modern anime is not something i would have expected so this is fucking great i love it and And that's what's what's crazy what's crazy to me is all of the comments on this saying how you know i want i want like fantasy with with religious themes instead of just a religious anime and this is a bad anime and all that i I watched this, and I guess we are we are not anime fans because I watched this, and all three of us I think agree this is great. What are these people talking about? I don't know. What are they I talking about? I think I, that they just see religion and they basically get triggered. right. But it's also in like we. I discussed this when we first started this. I discussed this and said, um, "Frick, what's that? What's that stupid one with that skeleton? The man, the isekai where he becomes a skeleton, like Overlord oh the skeleton night one. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah Overlord's yeah. the yeah the good Overlord. One. Yeah, cool. but like yeah. they talk about religion about a lot in that. They talk about it in like most animes, but this is where they drew the line. I, I don't I don't get it, man. I just I straight up don't understand. I mean, I think we already know that anime watchers, viewers don't really understand the concept of subtlety. And I mean it's it's true here too. I mean just like this is me. something <laughs> that I you know, I'll say this. If I didn't know what Wabi Sabi was before, I'm sure I would have been able to pick up the like you know, the themes that we were seeing in general, but I probably wouldn't have had the like appreciation for them without that context. So yeah, like, but I'm not going to hold that against Sabi someone. was until you guys started talking about this, but I still was able to pick up on a lot of this. Now Jay's yeah, Jay's talking about it like actually like really opened my eyes to like how very thematic it was. But mm-hmm. like yeah. I don't know, I just I genuinely think you could. I mean, they even say it in the anime. So even if you didn't know what it was, but, you could just Google it right there and go, "Huh, that's neat," and then probably exactly. pick it up from there. That's kind of what I was getting into. And like, yeah, I, like I said right, earlier, yeah. this what this show is ultimately about is like what it means to be just. And at the end of the day, it's about whether or not like the Revengers actually exist to serve any sort of good or higher purpose. Yeah. And that's why the ending is so important because it's one final like send off to the idea that killing people who did something wrong isn't even really good enough to say that you did a good thing. And unironically, like, that kid would have bitten gold to fucking kill Kurima, and yet it still would not have really felt right. But it's not for you to decide whether or not someone else's, like, desire for revenge is just. 
And that's really the whole point of this. That's why Kurima had to ultimately die. Because at the end of the day, the desire of, desire of his fiance, even though she's wrong, is still just. Yeah. And like it I starts also... off with the common question of like, is it okay to kill people? And moves to when is it okay to kill people? And then basically ends with when is it okay to just full on die for the name of like perpetuating a violent cycle, even if you have no longer any control over it? Because they stick with the fucking priests. They stick with the with the Catholic uh, priests who will give them more shitty missions in the future. They're still getting paid. They're still killing people. They're still doing their best with a broken system that they don't control because they follow their own rules. And if they ever get told to do something dumb again, they won't do it. Yeah. And they'll probably die next time. A fair amount of that still ties into like the whole Wabi Sabi principle too. A little like, bit. It is, it's not as clear, but the idea of an imperfect world where you do your best to sort things out and find beauty and value within that world that's not that far off. Um, it is. The problem I, I is, do agree is that it's not identical. Wabi Sabi is about creating something good out of something bad. The Revengers I mean, I think they are, are about, trying that. in a lot of times, creating something bad out of something bad. And that's like the discussion because those other Revengers and this Catholic priest, like, they didn't have a problem selling opium because well, they don't yeah, care. I, I mean, I, I'm viewing it from the perspective of our MCs, which but are I, trying yeah. to create something good from something yeah. bad. Sort of. They they have very much a lot of different ideas about what good is and about yeah. what good they can do, and that's what makes them compelling characters because, again, little boy-girl is not at all concerned with making anything good. Gambling man is not concerned about making anything good except for him because I mean, that's wait, how wait, he wait, sees on. good. Neo, Neo does still have a concern about making things better. It's just that Neo's scope is significantly thinner. I don't I think what we are told about Neo is that they do not care about anything period. They are right, only but, in but, this business to kill and have fun. Right, if but you we are to told also that, that Neo is lying. Like they, well, they, they they say that several times and they give us hints that Neo is just lying. So I times. think but the problem is, is that what we see Neo do outside of the context of the group is let an old monk man in clown makeup choke her to death. So, like, just to be clear, what that little boy girl wants uh, is never really made clear at all, and they might have a very similar motivation to Kurima, which is kind of just to die and Maybe. have fun before that. Also, it's heavily implied that they were the most severely emotionally and physically abused of everyone. Agreed. So yes. like the idea that they understand what good is, is sort of supposed to be like that, like twisted idea where they're like, no, they're more of a joker. Let the whole world burn kind of deal. So I don't think that they're really at all concerned with making anything good. I think that they're, they would be the one person in the group who would universally say that much like a monk man from the other team, that they're just flat out is no good. We're just doing this for whatever reasons. Who cares? I happen to follow it because I keep getting paid to kill people. And I don't even care about the money. Uh, Gambler Man only sees good as what can pull him out of what he sees bad. And what he sees as bad is poverty. That's well, why, yeah, despite see, even, the fact that he even hates Gambler Man, the people he... he can identify good. Like, for instance, yeah, he, doesn't he doesn't want to drag his, like, the people he's living in. Like, he understands that But that's that because he sees community. poverty as hell. 
That's why his sure, good but- is removal from poverty and why he sees money and his payment for killing as the primary reason how he creates good. Sure. But his good is extremely different from everyone else's. And most yeah. importantly, like the entire point is that if everyone has a different idea of good, can you say that anyone is doing good? Well, yeah, and now we're back at your point, right? Like, is yeah. you know, what is the concept of justice? It's not really a black and white principle. Yeah, the doctor is trying to be a doctor to make up for likely all of the people that he harmed while being a pirate, but he kills people because he sees removing evil from the world like he sees removing cancer from a person. He doesn't right. regard humans as having, like, an innate right to life. And he certainly rather arrogantly sees himself as the sole adjudicator of who deserves to live and who deserves to die in a society who he sees as the doctor of. He sees society as his patient, and he certainly takes it upon himself to cut out the elements he thinks shouldn't be there. It's just we happen to agree. Because again, Kurima's idea of justice is following order. And as much as it fucked him over really, really bad. There's a reason why following orders is such an easy, common, and easily justified method of defining good because it's not you. Right, you don't have to make the choice. The doctor is basically playing God. Usui's playing God. Boy girl's playing God. The only one who isn't is the person who doesn't try to take their own feelings into account when doing something but they're still just as capable of doing evil and wrong because they're so easily fucking tricked. And the Catholic Uh, Church certainly seems to think that they're doing good by punishing anyone who isn't Catholic because their understanding of good comes from their religion, which they don't seem to read very well. Yeah. All right, Ethan, what do you got for Ninja Fushin? So well, Ninjin Fushin is more in line with what the show wants. Um, <laughs> Ninjin Fushin had the funny cat man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there are moments that I think are goofy that this show enjoys. Um, like, I had a lot of fun making fun of the uh, the active levels of pedophilia that the two Catholic priests of the show just look at and go, hey, I'll cover for you if you cover for me, which is fucking wild. Uh, we also had math brawling. Uh, mathematic brawling is probably one of the funniest things I think we've ever watched on the show. I can't believe it made it past like any editor at all. Um, I will admit it definitely has more bland moments, but even in the bland moments, I think that there is genuinely hilarious shit to be found, like the constantly proportion changing rooms and people. Um, yeah. Uh, that's, I will admit it's a weaker finalist, but I do think it still fits the spirit of the show. And I, I definitely got laughs out of it. All right. Well, so we're going to go voting in order. It's going to go Ethan, me, Jay. Dude, I don't know how to vote on this. Like, I... Going to give it to you first, buddy. Got to vote. Because I, I said mean, so, and I play God. I'm Teppa. No, mm, that's fine. Justice. I'm a doctor scoundrel. It's just weird because, like, I want to vote for the thing that fits the show, but then it almost feels like I'm doing a disservice to Revenger because we are sort of saying, is Revenger so good that we're willing to upend the tradition of the show of choosing something that is bad good, or good bad, uh, rather? Do you want to go don't to you, don't, you, just... don't you influence him. Yeah, we're going to voting. Okay, so who vote. wants to vote? Don't you? I can vote first. No, nope, you, you are going last. Someone to lead you. No, no, no. You are going last. I said right, this already. Right. You, you shut your mic off. 
So, right. okay, also, as a note, we've already finished everything, so this isn't really a vote of um, trying to decide, you know, did we have a good time or not? It's already done, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Like, well, yeah, yeah. What's your we're not justifying for? watching more. We yeah. just yeah, exactly. are making one final right. thing. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I think I'm just going to stick to the classics and say Ninjin Fushin. It fits the style of the show. Um, and also, it wasn't like it was a, a bad, bad anime to watch. Like, generally speaking, sexual assault was really low in this show. Um, generally speaking, there was implied pedophilia and sexual assault slash rape, um, I guess. But, like, grand scheme of things, this show was funny to watch. So I'm sticking with Ninja Fusion. Okay, I'm going to go second. And for all the reasons you said, I'm going to pick Revenger. <laughs> fucking I, I, so, and here's why. So not just because it is my pick, but here's why. I think that if, if uh, like I pick. said, we're, we're, consistent, we're consistently inconsistent. But I think that if any show deserves to, to upend what we do here, it's Revenger, I mean, yeah. and it's going against Ninjin Fushin, which, if we remember correctly, the first three episodes were pretty good. Four, five, yeah. and six, fantastic. No lie about that. Uh, seven, seven or eight, 12, like, and, eh, yeah. and then nine through 12. Eh. So we got maybe maybe four episodes of something that I would consider really good for the show, and the rest of it we would just consider a meh anime, right? Yeah. Whereas Revenger was like the first like solidly amazing show that we had all the way through. And, you know, if we're changing the format and mixing things up, you know, I don't think every season something like this should win. Sure, but sure. I, I, I mean, I don't think we'll get something like yeah. this every season. Yeah, right, exactly. And I genuinely think this was one of the best animes we've watched on this podcast, for this podcast, outside mm -hmm. of the vacation season. But like Jay said, yeah, I'd put it above a lot. I'd put it above Odd Taxi. I absolutely would. I think it was I think I would too, a much yeah. more interesting story. I think, story. I I think it was great. Yeah, yeah I, would, I think it was, it was uh, you know, tight. It was really that's, good. That's what I mean. Like, we don't get this coming along. We don't get to enjoy ourselves but every once in a while, and you know, Millionaire Detective was was good, but yeah, but this it wasn't as good as this. Right, this, this was is definitely heads and better. tails better above everything else we've considered good on this show. Yeah. And so, if I'm gonna upend, or at least try, at least throw in my pitch to upend this anime and just have something good win, because eff it, you can't tell us what to do. We make the rules, then then I'm going to do it for everything that you were saying. I don't want to do a disservice to this and just vote for Ninjin Fushin because it kind of, well, it sort of fits better. Yeah. No, it, it kind of sucked for nine episodes or, or eight episodes. Like I, I would say it sucked for like seven out of 12. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, think so, that's yeah, I, I would give it a solid like five episodes. <laughs> See, I was at a crossroads though. Because, like, we, we fucking voted for, what was that one episode? Oh, the singing through the anal polyps episode. Yeah, that, that shit's hilarious. great. That, that wasn't funny. even 7 out of 12. <laughs> that was, like, the other way around. <laughs> 7 out like, of 12 of those were good. That episode carried the entire No, no, it was, like, only I one. I, yeah, <laughs> no. was, I'm with Mike. There was, like, no, one episode no, there that were made more, that show But that it. episode did carry that whole thing. But there were yeah. a couple more. But anyway, All right, fair so enough. I'm going to go ahead and pass the mic to my best friend of many years and the guy who's going to decide the tiebreaker on this mm. uh, on this episode. Jay, I leave it to you. All right, well, I feel really bad about this, but um, I'm just going to vote Revenger because I also don't care anymore about the format of the podcast. Look, God, at I feel the end so of the day, betrayed. I wish the I worst voted thing Revenger. I can say, so like, let, let me put it this way. When we go back every once in a while and we like scroll through our massive podcast document that has all <laughs> that the things we've ever can't picked get more than one. and they're all yeah. highlighted 
what do we always do? We go down here and we go, oh, I remember that one. I remember that one. I remember that one. That was so great. I remember that one. We're never going to fucking remember Ningen Fushin. No. It's kind of funny now. It's kind of funny now. And it had some Lothig. Things, yeah, in a year like, or two, if someone brings up Ningen Fushin, we'll go, why does that sound familiar? And someone may right, look up math right. boxing, but that's it, you know? Yeah, we're going to have to go back to the document, and we're going to have to find <laughs> it so we can remember anything about it. That's what's going to happen. That's but true. I'm never going to forget Revenger. <laughs> so, that's fair. Sorry. Yeah, I... Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not even, like, upset, because here's the thing. If someone said, like, what do you want to vote for here? Like, I want to vote for well, both yeah. because we, of the I criteria. Said, we, all, we all think the same thing. We're all, yeah. We all yeah, know yeah. that Ningjin Fushin should win because yeah. of the rules of the podcast. We all know that. I just really feel like Revenger, if this was, if this was like, high card, no, I'd vote yeah. Ningjin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I don't think I thought was good enough. Yeah, that's no, such a no. good that's such a good line. Like I will still probably finish High Card for the for next week's episode to see where it goes. And the interesting, no, Revenger puts High Card out to pasture in just in, in yeah. episode per yeah. episode. It's like watching Mike Tyson fight a baby. Like it's just not mm-hmm. a fair fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, like, I'm definitely for that you. reason. I will I will break the rules. I will go against what I'm supposed to do. Yes. Just as we have voted, uh, you know, Revenger into the following bracket <laughs> pieces over and over again, despite the fact that we shouldn't have. I will always appreciate the fact that I did because I got to keep watching Revenger. Yes. And now I finally have one thing that has come out in the past goddamn forever that yep. I actually like. Like, yeah. you go yep. back and you look at that fucking list of shit we made for the vacation. Ain't, ain't a single fucking one of them besides Odd Taxi came out in the last five years. That's, That's really true. Yeah. It's sad. I, it's fucking sad looking at that list and knowing that like we haven't I, gotten anything worth watching. And I genuinely I hope there's not another single season of Revenger for the case Oh, that was a good yeah. story. Dude, speaking so of bad. which, speaking of which, literally looking at the fucking comments for the last episode. Yeah. A very large number of people who one hate the ending, but more importantly two are like, nah, he's fine. Season two. Oh, oh incredible. God. My God. If that it's happens, hate it'll, it'll lose a little bit of credit. But at the same time, I don't think the, it'll lose credit for the writer. That'll be the studio just pushing for another season and not much you can do about that if they back a dump truck of money up. But yeah, I just, I don't want to see a season two. It's like seeing any more Samurai Champloo or any more of like the original Trigun. Like just some stories wrap themselves up neatly and you can call it a day, like erased. You know, 12 episodes, boom, bing, bang, boom. Now they're trying to make a second season erased. Ugh. Anyway, mm-hmm. all right, so Revengers win. Yay! Yeah. Ethan's happy. It deserves it. Yay! In a, in a weird way, it deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quack, everybody. Let me get some quacks in chat. Uh, quack, you can't hear this. We're making a quack noise on Discord. I think I actually, <laughs> during this call, has a, have access to the quacks now. Hold on. <laughs> oh no! They even asked if I wanted availability on the quacks, and uh, I said, "Yeah." And they, they dude, they want your money me. for quacks, quacks for coin. They don't want quacks for people that vote revenge. Oh right wait, off hang the on! Back. I can turn the soundboard volume down. Thank God, save my uh, ears. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, all right. So let's go to cold shots uh, for this. Uh, well, I've been screwed again. <laughs> no. Uh, so my dark horse was Ninja Fushin. Um, funnily enough, my boringest was uh, Revenger. Um, you know, on no. the scale of uh, on the scale of 
you know, is it a bad anime to good anime? Then no, that this there's no way of turning this. Uh, Ninja Fushin, I had written down. Dragon Chicky gets kicked out of party because too forcible of a lover. Uh, she gets somehow even less character development than even that. Um, yeah. So no, that's not true. I can't believe uh, you watched this to the end and that dragon lady doesn't do a damn new thing. Yeah, nothing. You know, nobody, no, does it. nobody does. Nobody. Nobody does. More, it. No. no. More character development is given to the Hulk cat. <laughs> more character development is given to the pedophilic yeah, they priest. Literally and get also, his, you, you literally have to ask get me the Tigerian's backstory. You get his like. Yeah. Once there was a silver tiger clan. You're like, what? What is happening? Nobody right cares, now? bitch. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, my Revenger one. I'm already out on. So yeah. All right. Well, yeah. let's uh, scroll down to me. Oh, what's that? Dark horse. Oh, Revenge? Well, he gets <laughs> a point. <laughs> How does he do it? <laughs> he does it because I voted for it. That's how. <laughs> no! It's true. I mean, that's why I figured Jay would have to be the deciding vote because I figured Ethan would stick to his guns. I was going to vote Revenger no matter what because I felt it. And I was like, I'll just let Jay. Let Jay decide. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I figured Although, you're called shot for Revenger. Oh, uh, yeah. No, it was terrible. It's fine. 90% religious. But, I mean, mm-hmm. he does basically only speak religious, but it's not what I wanted. And in the spirit But the best of it, part I, is... The best part is, is that there's a scene just to fuck you over where yeah. he and a nun sit around a table and talk like normal people yeah, the entire yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's but probably half normal. of all the lines that they say. <laughs> I like but it's how also, all of it, it's also just like, like yeah, I what I really wanted was an Alexander Anderson. Like, even if he just, oh, yeah. even if that scene never happened, like, in the spirit of this, that's not what I got. I didn't get that. So Even one know. Alexander Anderson, yeah. no. But even, it turns yeah, out he's yeah. he's a bit of a fraud. Yeah, he's Unlike Alexander, he's yeah. not in it yeah. to win it. No, he's not. He's boring. He's a bit of a he's faker. Not, he's not so devoted to his faith that he screams out, wait, what do we do with our rope? We hang ourselves. <laughs> like Judas that was, Iscariot. That was something, man. Uh, anyway, and then uh, I was already out on Ninja Fushin. So, uh, Jay, go ahead. Anything for you? Uh, so, right, uh, not really. Boringus is still chilling in my 30s. I got to confirm that, although it's definitely in the running. Um, Ningen Fushin, all the backstories are Joker speeches. Sadly, they, no. No, they come no, they're just damn not. close this time exist, because, you know? because uh, uh, Cleric Man basically revises his backstory to be, no, society is the yeah, one who fucking... Yeah, no, you get a little closer. And I honestly, get a little closer. Honestly, but, but the it's, other not ones, the, it's not the not main characters. You actually, the tiger guy probably gets closer to a Joker speech. <laughs> That's than, true. That's <laughs> true, he does. More, you probably get more help from the Tigerian He walks, than he walks else. into a casino as a school shooter and then regrets it. <laughs> right. Why am I shooting up all these kids? Oh, no! Yeah, but like, nah, I, if I had said all backstories are like tragic nonsense, I would have 100% yeah, been right. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. like every single living person in this show has a stupid tragic backstory and it gets really annoying. Yeah. Like to the point uh, but, where if everything is tragic, is anything really tragic? This just seems the norm for everyone. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I also love that they were it, like briefly in Ningen Fushin, they were kind of teasing up like how Nick met his dad, his adopted dad. And I'm like, remember that's the same guy who just kicked you out because all the other members said you were too uppity. Yeah, I also love that his name is Nick. I'll never get over that. <laughs> yeah, that's his. Nick. That's not even. That's not even his this like given Nick, name. Yeah. That's his biological name, yeah. Nick. Uh, Revenger. Right. I said it's Chinese. It's not. Yeah, However, yeah. we <laughs> get a little bit closer yeah. than I maybe should have yeah. when a random <laughs> Chinese guy shows up yeah, and no, starts it was kicking really everybody's cool. ass. Yeah, it was, was really cool. cool. It was actually a really cool side story, Lou. We didn't talk yeah. about him much, but his whole no. deal is that he's a he's another one who's exactly like Kurama, where 
he fights and dies only for his country and its yeah. orders, and, and like it's what his, gets him killed. And his sister died of opium, and so he kind of takes that even to another level. Like, he's going to fight. Mm. He was given the order, and he's going to go to the extreme to make sure it happens because he also lost he his He finally has that friends. lineup of order yeah. and belief. Yep, exactly. All right, and then the producer. Um, let's see, Ninjin Fushin. Uh, Dragon Lady holds great sword and teeth. I didn't see it. Anybody else? Nah, no. Sorry, buddy. We tried. We tried, producer. Uh, and then Revenger. Yeah, sword is named Eden. No, it was this. The show was way cooler. But we all of our guesses sucked because Revenger was good. So we were just yeah. Never we all be right. wanted to believe. Yeah. I, I'm. I want to go back to like the selection episode. Yeah. <laughs> and just cringe when we're trying to make fun of Revenger now. Yes. <laughs> mm. Oh man. But also, I think we were kind of a little hopeful for it, only because all of the reviews were, "Oh, this is so religious. This is the worst thing ever. This is garbage." Yeah. We so I, I going back to the... and reading that shit, man. What the hell were they on? I, I listened to our original episode um, just like a couple weeks back, and we I read off the synopsis for Avenger, and I got halfway through it and was like, ooh, guys, this might actually like be good. Maybe we shouldn't watch this. And then we started reading the reviews. I think Mike yeah. literally walked out with that review. Yeah, and I we walked all out with the, the one you laughed like, about. Nope, it, yeah. like, we're just, yeah. we're just no, taking this. I this remember sounds that. Incredible. Yeah, I remember that because you were trying to talk it up, and then I read the review. It's where your laugh came from. I read yeah. the review about I don't want spiritual animes. I want fantasy anime where religion comes into play, sort of, and yeah. you lost yeah. your mind. And we, and we were, were like, all oh, like, this nope, is nope, going in. We're just keeping oh, it. This is good. Thank you, everyone, for hating this so much that we had to watch yeah. it and make it win. So, all right. So, so far, the tally of the scores before we go into the rundown next week, which is where we finish off the last episode of everything that didn't make it and see if any of the rest of our called shots come through. Ethan, Yay. zero points. Well done. Mike, Hell three yeah. points. Way to go. <laughs> Jay, one and uh, uh He's got a... We're going to see the I, fire hunter. You know what, motherfucker? <laughs> I think I deserve that goddamn fire one. <laughs> So but we're gonna watch hard, it. We're, we're gonna, gonna watch it anyway. We're gonna yeah, watch, we're gonna it, watch anyway. it. That's what I mean. Yeah, you're gonna get a chance to defend. I think it. you're pretty I, I close. Believe yeah. I believe I believe I made a double down, which was <laughs> if the very next scene that we see in Fire Hunter is them gutting that like cartoon dragon and basically lapping up his gut honey for power, I'm just right. I'm just <laughs> fucking right. <laughs> the rocks make fire. The rocks the make premise. fire. Fuck the premise. Uh, That's just what it is. <laughs> and, and the producer with a point and a a other marked point that just says don't care and <laughs> don't wow. know what that means but love it. It's it's a All half right. point until the end of time <laughs> because he's right. Nobody cares. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Up, like that. Reborn the master <laughs> of the blade. That's one where oh, uh, he was he was actually I always remember he was that. just panicking. He's like I, I don't care. I Literally do already <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> straight, <laughs> straight to the back of the memory banks. Thrown uh, out with the fucking like leftover apple cores. It's like right, the liar so, liar. So we're gonna get to deleted. We, we are going to get to revisit. High Card, Outcats, Fire Hunter, Reborn to Master of the Blade, Buddy Daddy, and Chillin' in My 30s. Watch the last episode at least of all those, and we'll come back for the rundown. And then after that, we're going to have a bonus episode of at least the new Trigun to see if it's good or bad. And then we'll go from there. It's going to be bad. Why do you I even, keep like, hearing people like telling this? me it's good, and I can't wait. I cannot fucking wait. <laughs> to be proven yet again right that anime fans don't know what they want. They don't know where they are. They don't have eyes. They don't have ears. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. 
Oh, it's Can't true. Wait. The producer points out that Ethan did, in fact, choose I chose it for a bad out. anime no, to watch. You guys wouldn't sure let me have it. You said it I was think good. He, no, no, no. I think he's still right. Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> we're, we, I would have fucking picked it if he yeah. didn't. I, I mean, it almost assuredly will uh, eclipse Reborn to Master the Blade or Chilling in My 30s. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get that point, motherfucker. But, what uh, point? Yeah, you don't get at a this point. A, get, get out of I here. chose it. You can eat a dick. Nobody else chose it. Benchwarmers don't count for points anymore. <laughs> oh, now they don't. Got it. It's all but, different uh, whenever, whenever Mike go was allowed to make me. all of his I'm call shots man. and then pick three of them after uh, that. Totally that's different. funny. Just to be clear, we're going to have to get at least... Uh, three, no. I think, out of this because uh, the new season is out and most of these only have one episode. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to at least wait for a while. Okay, that's fine. I mean, we can that's also right. take like a week or so off. You know, that's fine. Too. Yeah, yeah whatever, we actually. I don't think happen. we missed a single yeah. week this time, have we? So, like, we actually no, normally miss every, a week. Uh, no, did I you think go we away did for one week. No, actually, no. I think we missed okay, one. I don't know. one week. One? All right, we missed one. Right. We well, one. sometimes we miss two, so whatever. I, I'm not or worried, whatever. which isn't bad. That's pretty good for us. Uh, anyway, all right. So catch us next time uh, for the wrap up episode. I'm being told to wrap up on this, but we have a wrap up next yeah, week. I don't know what to do. Anyway, <laughs> oh, we're near two hours. Ooh, do I? No, I'm just kidding. I won't wait another minute and a half. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks so much. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. You gotta go, brother. You gotta go. You keep